Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's gonna pay. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What is up, everybody? How the heck is everybody doing? No need to lie, ladies and gentlemen. It is July. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a great, great night. We've got a great, great show ahead of you. If it's Wednesday night and it's uh, Tuesday night and it's 8 o'clock, that means one thing and one thing only. It is time for the Rest of Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Man, we've got the hot spot segment. We've got the shoot and shout segment. we got the rest, the rest of Talk Podcast game show challenge. we got the fantasy wrestling segment. And that's not enough. We've got Mitchell Norton coming on, a guy that, that does some great advertisements for some great uh, promotions throughout the area. Uh, he's had a chance to work with some awesome, awesome people, including, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes and uh, Donna Palazzo. And so that's going to be awesome talking to him. And then we're going to be talking to the Space Cowboy, uh, Jason Jones. That's going to be absolutely awesome as well. It, it's it's going to be an amazing show. These guys have been wrestling for quite some time. I can't wait to find out how he came up with the name The Space Cowboy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard enough of me talking. And so it's time to bring in who we always bring in at about this time. That is the man, the myth, the legend, the night owl. Loyal members of the WrestleTalk family, welcome to episode 307 of the WrestleTalk podcast with Joe and Renee. Joey, we got a hell of a lineup, man. Thank you for breaking all that down. Much appreciated. Yeah. Let me kick off today's show. Let me kick off today's show by quickly going and giving much respect to our beautiful, lovely, illustrious sponsors. Starting with our newest sponsor. I-70 Sports Media, Jeremy Carpenter, the voice, all things Missouri sports. Give them a like on social media, and remember to tell them WrestleTalk Podcast sent you. Also, huge shout-out to the creator of the first-ever edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast, Mud Joe. These things are all hand-engraved, the old 
Nation way on a 15.9 ounce bar quality mug guaranteed to do two things. Number one, unless you're a clumsy idiot, guaranteed to last you longer than a t-shirt. And number two, guaranteed to make your beverage taste 17.5% better. Yes, we've done the work. No need to do your own research. We've taken care of that for you right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And of course, a big shout out to our sister podcast, the guys over at the Conspiracy Farm, Pat Milicic, Jeffrey Wilson, we love you. Shout out to Talking Dynasty, Adam Frex, love you, brother. And of course, our boys over at eSports Bar Casey. Whenever we have watch parties, when everything is going back to normal, Jonesy, I can guarantee you that our watch parties will continue to take place at the beautiful eSports Bar KC. And last but not least, our amigo, our brother, the originator, the creator, the head administrator of the FWWC, him and his beautiful uh, transportation company known as Royal Mills Transportation. So big shout-out to all of them, Joe. I know that the show would not be possible without them. But now that that's out of the way, bro, how the hell are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm definitely, definitely hanging in there. Um, I got my alcohol tonight. I, I've, I've got some uh, Corona in the refrigerator getting cold. Until then, I, I'm drinking a mixture of uh, Red Bull and uh, Smirnoff, Red, White, and Berry uh, uh, drinks. So it's actually pretty good. It's not too bad. I, I've heard good things, bro. How is that Smirnoff? Um, all right, so do you remember when you were a kid and uh, the ice cream truck would come running down the, the uh, thing and you would go chasing after it and you would get what they would call a rocket pop? You know, it would have the uh, red, the white, and the blue. That's what Smirnoff Ice Red, White, and Fairy tastes That's It's basically, it's a rocket pop or a bomb pop. It's really, really good. Bomb pops, bro, yeah, down in South Florida. Which, by the way, where I grew up, it didn't necessarily have had to be summer for the ice cream man to roll through. That was pretty much a 12-month-a-year scenario for us South Floridians. But, dude, I yeah. absolutely love Bomb Pops growing up. One of these days, I'm going to have to try that out. I cannot wait. Well, all that said, bro, here's the deal. Today's show is going to be absolutely fantastic. We've got lots of ground to cover. And we're going to kick it off right after the National Anthem by hitting high spots. And during today's mm-hmm. high spots, we're going to cover all sorts of topics in the world of professional wrestling, okay? And we want you to be a part of it. So before we even get into that, go ahead and dial that number and get yourself in the queue. That's 657-383-1521. And if you happen to be listening on the replay, we love you just the same. All that said, amigos, do us a favor and respectfully remove your caps as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth, and that's America, damn it. Free. 
brings a tear to my eye every single time. Angel, tell me, hit that high spot. Like Renee had said, this is the high spot segment. This is your opportunity to call in and talk about whatever you want pro wrestling. It is 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521. And I'm telling you, Tessa Blanchard can't seem to get off of the news. So we all know that that Tessa uh, was released from Impact Wrestling. Uh, She... Uh, was missing television tapings due to not wanting to travel due to COVID-19, which is understandable. She failed to send in the video clips, uh, and the last straw, I guess, Impact Wrestling was when she refused to attend Slammiversary and drop the title. Now, apparently, she was requesting that they send her $150,000 to return the physical Impact Wrestling Championship belt, a belt that that legit cost between $10,000 to $25,000. She was wanting $150,000. You know, I wonder if if I win a title on the FWWC as Nightmare Jones, can can I uh, request $150,000 to resend the uh, title back to whoever beats me, Night Owl? Um, well, Josie, <laughs> th- there's absolutely no chance in hell, so let's just start there, okay? <laughs> number you. two, number two, and I hate to say this, you're going to feel a little bit bad, but bro, you do not have the talent on any way, shape, and especially form of Tessa Blanchard. So her asking for $150,000 is a lot different than you asking for $150,000 because I really don't think you could do much to please a man. Tessa Blanchard, on the other hand, maybe a little different. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, all right. I'll stop messing around. Stop messing around. The fact of the matter is this, Jonesy. Tessa Blanchard is outplaying her leverage. And clearly, she's making a huge mistake. My concern, and, and as ridiculous as this all is, is, is she inhibiting herself from having opportunities moving forward? Are people going to start classifying her as being somewhat out of her mind? I want to know what the members mm-hmm. of the WrestleTalk family think. Again, guys, it's 657-383-1521. We absolutely would want to hear from the members of the WrestleTalk family. Right, Jonesy? Absolutely. Uh, I, I, You know, we, we, we would love to be able to hear from you guys. So uh, uh, what do you got for us? Because, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, uh, the kind of the, the, the same way that you feel that, you know, she's 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 trying to play her chips. But I think that that she's she's trying too hard to play her chips. And, you know, she she knew that they wanted that belt back. So she was like, well, you know, maybe if I tell them they got to give me one hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe they'll 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 give it to me, you know, because he wanted this belt back. And. They just said, you know, screw it, and just made a, re- 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 a, a replacement belt. So, 
you've you've got Eddie Edwards as the Impact Wrestling Champion, and then you you you've got the uh you you've got Moose as the self-claimed TNA Heavyweight Champion. This dude, uh, he just found this this uh in this TNA uh, uh championship and and picked it up and started claiming he was the uh, TNA Champion. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Well, you know what, Josie? I have a couple other things that I want to hit on, and I, I agree with you. It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, to those that are already on hold, hang tight. We're going to get you screened in just a moment. We're going to bring you right up. The other topics that I think are interesting to consider is uh, this story that just came out today, uh, today via Bodyslam.net. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, kind of give you guys the headline. The headline reads, USA Network and Fox are both getting impatient and frustrated with WWE's poor ratings. Here's the opening paragraph. WWE are currently experiencing their worst rating slump, with Raw recently receiving the lowest ever viewership figures, which we talked about last week. Fans and superstars alike are growing frustrated with the company, and it seems that the network executives are as well. Ringside News recently exclusively reported that the writers are struggling backstage at Raw to keep Vince McMahon happy. They quite literally need a script because he tore up the one that they were already working and planning on using. Uh, And just another brief uh, paragraph here. A ringside news source recently disclosed that WWE is feeling the pressure regarding the sinking ratings. They said, shit runs downhill, which is making for a very stressful work environment as some network executives are taking out their frustrations on anyone underneath them. The backstage staff are said to be walking on eggshells at times. So, again, you guys want the full story, visit our friends over at bodyslam.net. And here's what I want to hit on, and I'm going to bring on my buddy Brandon Buck, uh, because I know he watches a lot of WWE, and he's very well-versed. He watches a lot of professional wrestling. What do you guys attribute this to? How much of it is poor writing? How much of it is poor talent? How much of it is the pandemic? We're obviously in an unprecedented time. So it's very, very difficult to pinpoint it, in my opinion. Here's one thing, though, that I will argue before we bring anyone on, Jonesy. It's definitely not the in-ring talent because you're watching matches, uh, you know, with, with Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black. I mean, like, the, the quality of the talent and the matches that they're putting on are probably better than something that we've seen for a good while. I mean, just the tag matches outside of the cinematic deal behind the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits have been absolutely fantastic. I think it's everything outside the squared circle, including the promos and things like that, that are really hampering the WWE. And, of course, they're limited. They don't have their normal full roster. So, obviously, they're going to struggle to make things click as they normally would under normal circumstances. But those are just the thoughts of the night owl. I want to know what the members of the WrestleTalk podcast family bring up the uh, uh, perspective that they want to bring about. And the very first person that's going to join us on the show today is the one and only, the franchise, Brandon Buck. Man, welcome to the airwaves, amigo. What's going on, brother? How are you doing? Man, you can hear me. I'm excited, baby. It's episode 307. You know how it is. I feel you. I feel you. No, man, I I just want to say, you know, I mean, I, I've seen the reports. I saw that this morning uh, before I was on my way to work. And uh, I know this might be a little weird for you, Renee and Joe, <laughs> but this isn't going to be the franchise talking. This is Brandon Buck, the human being talking. 
uh, as a wrestling fan and, and this and that. And the fact of the matter is, you know, all the comments that I saw um, was just, you know, the the news was quote unquote fake news. You know, that's that's a new thing going on since Donald Trump took office. Um, you know, here here's the thing. Ever since COVID started, ratings all around sports, sports entertainment, news, mm-hmm. television, yada yada, has just been just down. Why? Because there's a pandemic going on in the world, and people are trying to get their stuff together. It's not a big deal. Now, when it comes to this, you said it right, Renee. There are dream matches going on right now. The only difference is the reason why people are not hyped is because there's not a crowd. Now, what I try and tell people who are inspirational wrestlers and this and that trying to get into the businesses, if you ever wanted to know what it's like to be in a professional wrestling school and see how people do wrestling matches without an audience, SmackDown and Raw are doing it to the T. They don't get the reaction. They don't get they don't get the 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 hype or what have you. You know, yeah, it might look boring to the non traditional fan, but the fact of the matter is that's literally what you're watching when you're in wrestling school. So literally mm-hmm. all those people that are out there and are watching Raw even though they're workers, or watching SmackDown, even though they're workers, and same with Impact, and same with AEW, and yada, yada, yada. You know, this is what they do at wrestling school. So you have to really hype up the game. And I have to give credit where credit's due to all three organizations, because this is a terrible time in the world, and they're doing the absolute best that they can. Are, are, is every show and every pay-per-view going to be absolute five stars, Dave Meltzer? Absolutely not. But they're yeah. doing something, and that's putting something on television and entertaining fans and doing the best that they can to keep them distracted from today's world, which is the pandemic and everything else in between. Well, hmm. Brandon Buck with some very interesting thoughts there. I have to say I – Completely agree. Brandon, before we uh, let you jump back in here with, with your final thoughts, Joe, what do you think about Brandon's take? Because, honestly, he sounds a lot like me. I feel like wrestling fans, uh, about 20% of them, are just malcontent. No matter what you put in front of them, they're going to say that they could do a better job. And I think that yeah. it's only being situated right now with some of the struggles, the limited roster, the obviously the lack of fans like Brandon alluded to. What do you think about it, Joe? Yeah, um, you know, I I, I I totally get it. You know, somebody that's that's gone through wrestling school, you know, it, it looks a a lot like what you would see at a, a a wrestling school. You know, you you have people there that, that are, are training and, and they're watching the the match like like a fan would. So, you know, it it's what what you 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 would 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 see, and you know what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of these fans, you know, they criticize it, but they don't know how hard it is to go out there and put on the matches that these people are putting on in front of literally almost no fans whatsoever. They don't have anybody to you know to to work off of, you know, when when they're getting their so-called shine. They don't have have anybody to to help build it up, you know. When, when the heats are getting their their when the heels are getting their their working, they don't have anybody to help them, you know. You know, get their their you know get get their spots in. So yes, yeah, so it, it it's definitely a a, a, a 
a, a tough thing to be able to do, and you are so completely right. WWE could be putting on the absolute best matches. AEW could be putting on the best matches. Impact Wrestling could be putting on the best matches. And people are always going to find something to complain about. Always. No matter what it is. Even if there were fans there, they'd, they'd find something to complain about. No, you're absolutely right, Joe. Well, Brandon, let's go ahead and bring you back in here real quick. Enter Timmy. You can unmute Brandon Buck. Uh, let's go ahead and bring him back in here because, you know, the High Spot segment is not only about talking about what we want to talk about, we also are going to give you an opportunity to talk about what you want to talk about. And as a matter of fact, if you want to call in and talk FWWC, as long as you come with that and another pro wrestling topic, we're welcome to have you. Why don't we go ahead and unmute Brandon Buck there, uh, intern Timmy, and see what other thoughts uh, are going across his mind pertaining to this crazy world of professional wrestling in 2020. What else you got for us, Brandon? You know, I, I've been, you know, the last couple of days, in all honesty, as Brandon Buck, the human being, you know, I've really got a chance to sit down and do some soul searching and what have you. You know, I, I would love to get back into the ring again. Uh, thank God uh, Kansas just uplifted the uh, the travel ban to Arkansas where I train at or, you know, I had been training at. And, uh, you know, I, I have, I have a, a, a second chance if you will. And I, and mind you, if anybody has been following me, you know, in real life and, and what have you, I've, I've had a, a plentiful of second chances and I'm humbled and, and what have you to get this opportunity and shout out to Jason Jones for, you know, cause I know he's, he's going to be a guest tonight. Uh, shout out to him to, you know, give me that opportunity despite all the, the politics and the, and the BS that's, that's going on in today's world. And, and with my scheduling and this and that and yada, yada, yada. But the fact of the matter is just two things, because I'm not going to waste your time. I know there's there's plenty of topics you want to talk about. I'm not going to take up too much of your time, Renee. But, you know, one, when it comes to professional wrestling, you know, I went from watching Extreme Rules, you know, in my opinion, the pay-per-view was kind of left and right. You know, it was all over the place. They were trying to put on the stories that they could. Um, I don't know if it was affected the right way. But then again, there's been plenty of pay-per-views in the past that have not gone exactly the way that the fans or, or what have you want it to happen. But then there's always a slow burn of how things culminate. Um, so, I mean, take that as you will. Now, when, 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 it, when, it, comes to, when, it, when it comes to life and, and this and that, you know, I mean, what's Brandon Buck going to do as a professional wrestler? Well, you know, the, you know, um, just recently I had a franchise podcast, if you will, with my good buddy Jake, and uh, we had talked about my wrestling career and this and that. And, uh, you know, I mean, really, this year just seems to be the best year just to sit back and just hit the gym, hit the weights, you know, find peace in, in my soul and this and that, and then – if if it doesn't happen beforehand, come 2021, January 2021, that's when I'm going to kick doors down and just get back. And at 36 years old right now, going on 37 in March, you know, why not? You know, why not show all the young kids that this old man still got it? I know there's plenty of other people out there who are older than me, but, you know, what, you know why not go back out there, show them that I still got it, I can still run with the young kids, 
and you know put on a great show, possibly be honored to be in great matches. I have a laundry list of people that I would love to have matches or a match with. Um, I'm not going to disclose that because I feel that's disrespectful, especially since we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But um, I would love to get back in the ring. I would love to just get back on my journey. Um, I would love, you know, I've, I've made peace uh, with with uh, with some people in the wrestling business that I felt, you know, did me dirty. Um, I will go ahead and say it, Duke Cornell. I know I had a bad taste in my mouth about him, but him and I had spoken privately, and everything is good to go. You know, we we've made peace. We 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 figured out each other's differences, and everything is good. So I mean. Let that be an example for anybody who might be going through some hard times with with other workers or what have you. You know, time does heal, and when you get to that point, and you you talk to the people that have done you dirty, you can find peace if both parties are receptacle of it. And I'm very thankful of that. Um, I just hope everybody who is wrestling this year. Uh, whether it be in Kansas or in Missouri or Texas or where have you, you know, everybody is safe from COVID. Everybody, you know, gets home okay. And I'm I'm just thankful, Renee and Joe. I'm I'm just thankful that I've gotten a second chance, especially since Kansas lifted the travel ban. And I'm here to just do my part. And I just hope and pray that, uh, you know, the legacy that I wanted to leave um, – actually happens sooner than later. Wow. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Buck spilling his heart right here on episode 307 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Brandon, I know you can still hear us, man. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of the Wrestle Talk family. Yes, the Space Cowboy will be joining us in about an hour and 10 minutes. So make sure you guys hang tight and share this broadcast. And shout out to all the folks in my Kansas wrestling family got a lot of great people coming out of the state of Kansas. And guess what? It doesn't matter what age you are. As long as you're willing to put in the work, you can accomplish anything. I think that's exactly what Brandon Buck was getting at. Josie, I know we got another caller we got to bring on, but any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, what, what, what he, he, he said, you know, hits, 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 hits the home, you know, each month, you know, we keep waiting and waiting and waiting to have wrestling shows again so I can get back in there and, and become, you know, and continue to uh, a referee. And, and each month it gets it, it gets canceled. So I'm I'm just waiting for the day that it finally we get to have wrestling again because, damn it, I miss it. I miss being able to get in that ring and seeing all my uh, wrestling friends. So, you know. Hopefully soon we'll be able to get back in, into to that wrestling way. You're absolutely right, Joey. Well, guess what? We have another caller on hold right now. We are still in the middle of the high spot segment, and we're about eight minutes away for bringing in our first featured guest of the evening, Mitch Norton. Uh, you know, Mitch is a, is a good guy, and he created Norton Graphics that has given him the opportunity to work with some of the who's who in professional wrestling from Cody Rhodes to an upcoming project with Jordan Grace. So just hang tight, guys. We're going to be talking to him in just a matter of moments. But, again, we are still in the high spot segment, and we want to talk all things professional wrestling with you. Again, 657-383-1521. Dial the number. Holla at your boys. 
and let's talk wrestling. Joey, can you check with Timmy and let me know who we got next and what the hell are we talking about? Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on, on, on next caller is calling all the way from Lovettsville, Maryland. Ladies and gentlemen, Susan Licky. Susan, what do you got for us tonight? Hey, Joey. You know, and um, I got to say, it's not Lovettsville, Maryland, darling. It's Lovettsville, Virginia. But that's okay. Virginia, Maryland. It's all good. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Hey, it's all good. It's wait, all wait, good. wait, wait. Wait, I think we got a drop for that. Bear with me. Ha! <laughs> Got him! Ha! <laughs> Got him! <laughs> it's all good. I, I, I still love you, Joey Jojo. It's all good. No, you, you know, what I was calling about, one of the things I was calling about tonight is, you know, I personally, on the independent scene here, the local area, I can't wait for it to get started again. You know, I have a lot of the guys in this area on my Facebook page, and they are just itching to get back to work. And, you know, they're they're talking about how much they want to get back into the scene. You know, you guys know Mad Max Morrison, one of my Facebook friends. He's a great guy, and he's, like, anxious whoa, to get whoa, back whoa, to work. Whoa, 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 Let me stop you right there. And it's only because I love to tie things together. I think they call it a callback in comedy. So, Norton, uh, uh, from, uh, well, Mitch Norton from Norton Graphics has also done graphics for the one and only Mad Max Morrison, and I believe the graphic that you see on Pro Wrestling Tees for Mad Max Morrison was also done by Mitch Norton. How do you like that, Suze? That's awesome. That is totally You know, Mad Max has been putting out some stuff lately and i've been watching you know the t-shirts he's putting out the hats and everything he's doing some great stuff and it's just awesome you know i I miss the local scene and to gotta be honest with you i miss it more after watching the fiasco that wwe put on last night i mean (laughs) yeah you know i know they're they're trying to do the best they can but come on these cinematic matches man if i wanted to go to a movie i'll go to a movie i ain't gonna want to watch wrestling I want to watch wrestling. I don't want to watch a movie. Come on, man. These guys, if, when they get done wrestling, they all become actors anyway. So I'll watch them when they do that. Don't do it in my wrestling. I want action oh. in my wrestling. My goodness. Well, at, for you know, at the risk of being a little annoying, I think we can very well sum up how our caller, Susan, feels about all the cinematic nonsense going on in the world of pro wrestling. Let's go ahead and do one more callback. Let's hear what Mama Time thinks about it. I think it's shit. Oh. Mama is. Time's <laughs> got it. You know, it's, it's Mama it's, Time it's, got it. Shout out to Justin yeah. Time. By the way, guys, we are going to be doing a Rick Rose Memorial Show. Susie, I know you never had an opportunity to uh, to interact with Rick. You came into the fantasy group much later on, but you heard some things, um, and, and you know how important he is to all the members of La Familia. Uh, I know everyone's excited for that show. We're going to do that in a few weeks where we honor our fallen brethren, one of the originators of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, any words yeah, of encouragement out there to the fellow wrestling fans that have maybe lost somebody to COVID-19? Any Any words? You know, I just want to say my heart and prayers go out to everybody. And, you know, um, I used to watch the show. I kind of started watching, uh, you know, 
Wrestle Talk when Rick and Joey were doing it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of always, you know, sent Joey messages every now and then saying, you need to tell that guy, you know, because he was always giving Joey a hard time. And, uh, you know, except when Joey was Mr. Awesome, um, you know, <laughs> that was kind of one of my favorite things. But, yeah, I mean, Rick was a good guy, and, you know, I didn't know him personally. I didn't have the opportunity to get to know him better. But to his family and his close friends who've had to deal with some of the crap they've had to deal with since his passing, the the ignorant people who out there, you know, God doesn't like ugly. And there are some really ugly people out there. And I think it is just atrocious what's been going on. And I just hope and pray that Rick rests in peace and that his family and friends find some comfort, you know, and that God will bless each one of them in letting them know that he is in a better place for right now. And one day again, we'll all see him and get to spend time in his humor again. So, you know, I just wish prayers and heartfelt everything to his family and friends. And to anybody else out there in the wrestling business, outside of the wrestling business, anybody anywhere who has died from COVID, I just hope that their families, their friends, and people who were special to them and they loved, just, you know, I wish them all God's blessings and God's healing. Wow, more deep thoughts here. Thank you, Susie. We really appreciate you calling in, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again in the second hour. You take care. Oh, yeah, and uh, hard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, sorry. We cut you a little early. Say that one more time. I said, uh, you know, uh, Hardcore Sis said to tell you that she'll be calling in later. All right. Can't wait to hear from her. Thanks thanks a lot, Susie. Oh, I'm excited. Well, it's about that time. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest is ready to come on. This gentleman is no stranger to professional wrestling. He doesn't get into the ring. He's not a referee. He's not an announcer. He's actually, he works on advertisements. So, ladies and gentlemen, this this gentleman uh, has, you know, he's been a huge wrestling fan. He makes advertisements for professional wrestling promotions and and wrestlers. He's worked with some of the biggest names. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor to bring on the one and only Mitch Norton. Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh man, it's it, it, it's all honor and privilege to have you, sir. You know, you uh, uh, you know, I, I I guess that the first question is uh, you know, you you you've been a long time wrestling fan and you recently got back into it uh because your son. Uh, started getting interest in uh, a professional wrestling. Can can you tell us about you know your professional wrestling? You know when when you were a kid and then getting back into it. Yeah, I mean I had a lot of 
friends in school who were just into it at a young age, uh, probably elementary school. I just picked up on it, just loved it. My whole room was, I mean, it looked like wallpaper on my wall. It's just magazine clippings. <laughs> and, I mean, it was, there was no wall space. Everything was something wrestling on my wall. Um, just always been a fan and I got out of it for a long time, you know, got into high school, high school sports, mm-hmm. just completely brushed it off. Uh, my son, my father-in-law was big into wrestling. He wanted me to watch it with him. You know, I would throw it on once in a while. I didn't really have interest. And then my son was born, I say about, he was probably about three. And he would sit down with my father-in-law and he just loved it. He just, he took it. He wanted to, you know, beat everybody up. He was, you know, he was the superstar <laughs> of the house. Uh, jumping off the couch, diving, you know, frog splashing. And that to me was like, you know what, this is something I can relate to. That that was me. So, you know, after that, I just got back into it completely. Now now I'm watching everything. Mm -hmm. He shows WWE, AEW, and he's right there next to me. I mean, there's no better feeling than having him next to me, being along. And watching that is absolutely awesome you know i i don't have any kids myself but you know when when they can can attest to to this there's nothing better than going to watch a wrestling show whether it's an independent show or a one of the uh, big shows and 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 having your a kid being there with you and just seeing how excited he is am i not right renee because i know that you've taken your kids to wrestling shows well, I'll tell you what, I have taken my son to a lot of shows, and, you know, we have a lot of great memories. We've seen Hogan, we've seen Daniel Bryan, we've seen Undertaker, we've seen Brock Lesnar. But I'll tell you what, Mitch, I'm with you because the biggest moment for my son was just a couple of years ago, we had a chance to go over to the Eastern Missouri, uh, Troy to be specific, and my son got to meet Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Harley Race the same day. And he's been a nice. fan ever since. So that connection, it, it lasts a lifetime, bro. Completely, Joe. Completely Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. Absolutely. And and, and the uh, one good, good, good the thing is that you know you're a, 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 a you are a, a wrestling fan that that does that doesn't just watch one promotion. Like I, I can't tell many times that I've seen somebody say that they're. A, a a wrestling fan, but they don't watch AEW. They don't watch Impact Wrestling. They don't watch Ring of Honor. They they don't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. They don't go to any independent wrestling shows. They only watch the the WWE. And it's like you know, there's more things out there than just the WWE. And you know, there's you know, then you know, I, I personally I feel that independent wrestling shows are the backbone of professional wrestling because most of the people you see on TV today come from independent wrestling. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They all, you know, they all grow. They all go through their stages just like everyone else in the professional athlete world. You got to yeah, that that's their college. That that's their college football. That's their college basketball. They they're getting to that pro level. That's how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one hundred 
percent. I've got one more question, and I'm going to send it to my co-host, Manet, because I don't want to take up too much time. So you started making advertisement for uh, pro wrestling promoters, for uh, uh, promotions, for, for wrestlers. What made you want to uh, start doing advertisements? So, actually, one of my buddies that I grew up with, one of my, uh, you know, opponents when I was younger at my house in my uh, my little ring with my mattress at home, uh, John Pella, wrestles for multiple indie companies. My son just fell in love with him, wanted his t-shirts, wanted, wanted everything. But, you know, they, they sold them at the shows. So I went to the shows. Had this connection back with John. Me and John didn't talk for a long time because I moved far away. He moved far away. And wrestling is actually what brought that friendship back together. So he ended up getting on Pro Wrestling Tees when all this COVID stuff started happening. And so my son wanted a shirt. I was like, okay. So I log on. And I'm just seeing these advertisements. And I do all the photography stuff and Photoshop stuff in school. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to help him out. I, I want to I, – I could do that. I can make one of those. I know I could do it. So that's how it all started. I just was doing it for a friend. He didn't even know. I did it. I sent it to him, and he sent me text messages from his friends and was like, oh, John, that, that's sick. It, it looks like it's right from pro wrestling keys. And so from there, I was like, you know, let me let me take my shot. So I send it over to Pro Wrestling Keys. I'm like, hey, can you guys share this? Like, I I think it looks good. It looks professional. Within minutes, they put it right on their Instagram story. And John, John was ecstatic. And from there, I was like, you know what? I it came out good enough to make it there. I could do this. And I just gradually just went to his company, Pro Wrestling Magic is his main company. Started going through guys through there, hey, you guys and did a couple for free to get my name out there. And people started reaching out to me. And it just grew. It's not huge, but it's something. And that's just how it all started, really. Just just doing something for a friend just to put his name out there. Absolutely awesome. You know, always looking out for for your uh, friends. All right, Renee, uh, why don't you go ahead and step in here and ask whatever questions that you have, because I know you've been chomping at the bit. No question. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Those were some great questions, Joe. Uh, so here's my thing right off the bat, Mitch. So uh, you said that you went through a lull in professional wrestling and your son helped you get back into it. That sounds eerily similar to my story. Can you take us back in time a little bit and talk to us exactly what it was that steered you away from wrestling for a couple of years? I guess it was mostly just the growing up. I, I had no time. I was multiple sport athlete in school. I was I was always drained. I, I'd be you know, at school all day, go to practice, come home, do homework, go to bed. And it just gradually just stepped away from the whole wrestling thing. Is watching film in high school was, you know, watching basketball highlights to focus on what I could do better in there in football. It just 
I guess it just got brushed to the side, not even intentionally. It was just, I don't know. I was just more focused on my sports than watching entertainment for me. Dude, that's awesome. And I'll tell you what, it was very similar for me uh, because, you know, you start getting into that age, and and I'm 36, so I felt like, hey, you know what, this isn't worth my time anymore. And it was right around the time where Austin kind of teamed with McMahon, and I was just about done with it. And then my son started to get into wrestling as a kid. You know, his buddies would have John Cena backpacks at school or whatever, and I came home one day and he was watching it on TV, and I'm like, yo, I remember I used to watch a lot of wrestling when I was growing up, and it's been, you know, full speed ahead ever since. So I'm curious, now that you guys are back into wrestling, what is it that you watch the most of? Are you guys watching mostly WWE, or are you guys really into the indies? What is it that you guys enjoy watching the most? He's mostly into the WWE, unless we are at an indie show watching my buddy John. When, I mean, when he watches John and uh, his main rival over there is the Meadowlands Monster, I mean, that's what he acts out at home. Watching TV-wise, he's always on the WWE kick. But he's also like me because, you know, once he got me back into it, I had to go get the network. So... I'm steering him backwards. I'm going back in time. And, you know, he's watching, you know, Stone Cold. He's watching The Rock. He's watching this, that. And so actually, going on off of that, his first wrestling show, we drove down. We live in Jersey. We ended up driving down to SmackDown 1000 in D.C. because of all the names. What? Because, yeah. So that's that was your what son's he, first show, bro? That was, that was his first show. Yeah. He, uh, because, you know, they advertised everything. I mean, it was definitely overhyped, but it was still great just to be able to do that. I was, everybody told me I was crazy. They were like, what if he get scared? Because he was young. He was, I think he was three, three and a half maybe. And they were like, what if he get scared? I was like, you know what? I, I got to take the chance. I mean, it's there. The tickets are on sale. They're cheap. We're going to take the drive. We're going to go. He's going to have a good time. And, of course, he, he did. He had an absolute blast. He got to see Taker. I mean, he got to see Edge. I mean, you couldn't beat it. These are guys he's watching on the network with me that I wouldn't think I would see again, especially live. And here they are mm-hmm. right in front of us. That is wow. pretty incredible and to be able to share that. Be able to share that with your son, man. I don't think there's anything better than that. So uh, give, make sure you give him a big shout-out once we're done with the interview. But let me let me move on to um, maybe a little bit more of what you're doing with the graphic design. You know, technology has gone a long way. People can do a lot of incredible stuff from their homes, even from their cell phones. I'm curious. I know you mentioned about, you know, submitting something to Pro Wrestling Tees and then getting it published on their Instagram page. But how did you go from that? to doing stuff for Mad Max Morrison and Orlando Cologne and also Cody Rhodes, man. That's a hell of a couple of great feathers in your cap. You know, I just, uh, I've always looked at it as you got to take your shot. I mean, nothing's too big. So I'll reach out to these guys. I mean, I've talked to people and they're like, you're nuts. I'm like, you know what? What's the worst case scenario? They say no or they don't answer me. They want to ignore me. That's fine. I don't care. As long as I took my shot, I'm comfortable with that. I know I did what I wanted to do. 
So I'll just reach out to you guys. Everybody, look, this is what I do. This is the pricing. Here's a sample. And, you know, Cody, uh, that wasn't like a paid thing. That was kind of just, I saw his, uh, I saw his shirt. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go that high. But I'm going to, I'm going to shoot it out there. Did it. And within minutes, he retweeted it right when the sale went on, which was absolutely awesome. Wouldn't have thought in a million years it would happen, but it did. And like I said, Mad Max Morrison shot him a message. Orlando Cologne shot him a message, and they were like, that looks awesome. I want, I want to do this. And from there, I just, like I said, I just take my shot. Uh, Deanna Perosa, uh I'm lined up with Jordan Grace when all this COVID stuff's done. She can't post stuff on her new website. Once that's done, I have her booked for a sale, too. I mean, I'm just taking my shot. I mean, that's what I got to do. Dude, and there it is. You know, we talked to Brandon Buck, one of our callers, a little bit earlier about, you know, getting an opportunity and being willing to kind of put yourself out there to do that. And here you are, man. And, and I have to say, you know, we have an interview. We have the opportunity to interview a lot of pretty incredible people. You know, if you guys go over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com, which is fully updated, thank you very much. And you go to our notable guest tab, you'll see that we have a lot of different big names on there. And you know what's crazy, Joe? You know, we, we always bring up a, a several or a couple of our notable guests, but I think we've had so many incredible guests that we, like, tend to forget some of the guests that we've had. And I'll, I'll give you just a, quick, a couple of quick examples. You know, we've had DJ Hyde. We've had the War Horse, uh, Jake Parnell. Uh, we've had uh, Kekoa Mana, the, the MCW heavyweight champion, uh, ROH former world television champion Shane Taylor, and the list goes on and on and on. Madman Fulton, uh, formerly of WWE, ACH. But you know what? What I love is when we get to interview people that are on the periphery of the sport, not just the people that compete inside the square circle, but guys that help facilitate the sport, such as folks that do graphic design. Much like myself, I kind of fell back in love with pro wrestling a little late. I was definitely out of shape. Going back in the ring really wasn't an option for me because I can't afford to get hurt and have to take several months off of work. So I said, how do I get myself involved? And I found it through podcasting, ring announcing, and commentary. Joe, same for you. You've never actually competed as a wrestler, but you do podcasting and refereeing. And Mitch is no different. So I think uh, wrestling is beautiful for a lot of reasons. But the inclusivity of professional wrestling, as long as you can bring some sort of skill set, you're usually welcomed into the business with open arms. Mitch, have you felt that embrace from the pro wrestling community since you started doing graphic design for some of the best and most well-known wrestlers in the world? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I never thought doing this would be – it would even blow up to some of these huge teams. But like I said, I've always lived by shoot your shot. Um same thing. I, I do photography on the side for weddings and sweet sixteens and stuff like that. And so GoPro Wrestling, they do a lot of uh, videography over here in New Jersey for a lot of indie companies. Again, I shot them a message uh, probably about a month ago. I was like, look, I've never done a sporting event. I've done weddings. I've done this. What can you guys do for me? I want to come shoot with you guys. And so, B, I went and shot 
the show with them uh, last month at Synergy Pro Wrestling over in Hillsboro, and uh, went over there, took some pictures with them, and they asked me to go back this Saturday. Unfortunately, I can't. It's my anniversary weekend, but I will be back shooting pictures with GoPro Wrestling soon. Dude, GoPro Wrestling, and I hear you've also got some buddies. I know you mentioned a little bit earlier with Pro Wrestling Magic, man. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Who do you have uh, that's a close friend of yours that's working over there? Uh, well, like I said, John Tella, he a uh, childhood friend. Um, that's who really got me over there. Um, always over there with my son. Uh, from there, his rival, Meadowlands Monster, He's always talking with me there. My son loves him. He, you know, everybody sees my son, and they're just, he loves to act. And he just, he'll act like them, and they just fall in love with him. You see these guys with their big attitudes on them, but then, you know, outside the ring, they, they see the kids, and they're just, they fall in love. He's got more indie posters that I had to go to Costco and print out than he does WWE posters in the room. <laughs> Dude, that, that's so fresh, man. You, you sound like a guy who really is enjoying what he's doing, and that's why, man, I felt your energy immediately. I was like, you know what? This is the kind of guy that we need to interview. It doesn't matter that he's not a referee or a in-ring talent or what have you. So I guess my, my final question before I throw it back over to Joe is, how have you been dealing with the pandemic? I'm sure you've been watching a lot of pro wrestling. Uh, are you eager to get back out to, to shooting, to photographing? Because I know you also do photography. And, and if so, man, is that like your favorite thing to do? Like going out to shoot wrestling shows? I'm sure that's got to be a hell of an adventure. Yeah, like I said, I only did the one event, which was uh, about two weeks ago. Some of the pictures are up on my Instagram, uh, at Norton underscore graphics. Um but, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to go on this journey with GoPro Wrestling. I mean, they're giving me my shot to do the wrestling photography. I can't wait for more shows to open up. Like I said, I've been talking to Pro Wrestling Magic a ton. Uh, Steve Off, who runs it over there, I've been talking to him a bunch. He's yelling me over there, take some pictures. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm absolutely excited to for all of this pandemic stuff to start ending and just get out there and have more opportunities. There's not a lot going on right now, but it, it'll definitely open up. Definitely will. Man, no doubt about it. Well, I guess the, the very last thing, and Joe, I know you're up next, bro. Uh, do you have a favorite professional wrestler? And if so, why? Why that person? You know, I think right now I would definitely have to go just Maybe Seth Rollins before this whole Monday Night Messiah thing. Reason being is that's who my son fell in love with. That was right on the TV. That's who he fell in love with right off the bat. The whole burning down thing. He'd be walking around the house crossing his arms, kicking his legs. I mean, he he has burning down as my ringtone on my phone. I mean, I mean he's getting a little bit up. Yeah. He's getting a little bit upset with the whole losing, burning down, and the whole twist. But, I mean, that's that's just a a close-to-home sort of thing that's just – that's who he fell in love with. That's who's 
my current favorite wrestler just because of him. Oh, dude, no doubt. And you know what, bro? I was actually thinking about that earlier today because uh, I was watching Raw, Raw from last night, which, by the way, the match with him and Alistair was fantastic. I know people love to shit on the product overall, but if you think the individual matches, you can find some really great stuff. I'm like, man, when he finally goes babyface again and that music plays again, wherever it happens, the crowd, no matter how large or small it is, is going to lose their effing minds, dude. It's going to go crazy when that Oh, it's going to be insane. I can't wait. I can't wait. No, no matter where, like you said, no matter where it is, it's going to be... It's going to be crazy. It's absolutely going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, my son got to see Seth Rollins last year, and he he lost it. We went to Extreme Rules last year in Philly, and I, I don't know who he was more excited for, getting to see Taker actually fight, because he ain't going to see it at SmackDown 1000, or seeing you know Rollins and Becky Lynch in the main event with Corbin and Lacey Evans. He, he, he was he was in heaven. He was in absolute heaven at Extreme Rules. Man, that's dope. Well, Joe, I'll throw it back over to you. I know we got to get in the shoot and shout. Did you have any final thoughts yes. or questions uh, for I, uh, for Mitch Norton? I do. I have one final question, and then we can get into the uh, shoot and shout. You know, you've worked with a lot of, of pro wrestlers, and my question is, what pro wrestler would you want to work with? Uh, basically, what is your top five bucket list of who you would want to do advertisements for? Again, going back to my son, I think it would definitely be doing something for Seth Rollins just to be able to show mm-hmm. him. Uh, look, Seth Rollins retweeted this. Seth Rollins did this. Like, how how <laughs> cool is that? I actually. I have a tattoo for my father-in-law. Uh, he passed away from leukemia last year. God bless. Um, God bless. He, Roman Reigns actually retweeted my tattoo a couple weeks ago. I just shared it. He retweeted it, and I he was like, no, you're lying. I'm like, no, no, it's right here. So I actually did uh, – I made an ad for um, – Seth Rollins' gym when they had their shirt for Black Lives Matter out. I did get mm-hmm. retweeted by the gym, not directly by Seth Rollins, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Whoa, 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 hold on. Let me stop you right there. Because, and, and we like to do this here on the WrestleTalk podcast, we are actually friends of Marek Brave. And I don't know if you've heard of the Black and Brave Academy. But oh yeah, that's who the I did. That. I actually did that ad for them. Not okay, hey, cool. just did it, just to do it. Oh, you did. Okay, cool. Because uh, Marek Brave is actually a member of the Wrestle Talk family. So um, if you don't mind, we'll reach out and see if maybe you know we can help facilitate that on some level. Because you know what, having people like you on the show is exactly what we need. People with a different perspective, a different angle. And clearly, your passion is there. I think that you put it all into your work, and it really shows. While we've been doing this interview, uh, I've shown some of your graphics, and and the people that are watching us on Facebook Live are absolutely on fire. So that says to me that no matter what, you're going to continue to deliver. And if we can help facilitate that, man, we would be more than happy to. Absolutely. That would be 
awesome, guys. That would be awesome. All right. Joey, you want to jump back in here? Sure, absolutely. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into our, our shoot and shout segment, which we're going to play a little bit of music, and then this is your opportunity to, to say whatever is getting on your nerves. It can be wrestling related. It could be the fact that somebody doesn't use their tone signals when they are driving. So we're going to play a little bit of music. I'm going to go first. Renee's going to go after me, and then you're going to end it out. Are, are you down to, to do this segment with us? Yeah, so just whatever gets on my nerves? Yep, whatever yep. gets on your nerves. So, uh, if you hit that music real, real quick. So my shoot and shout is the fact that we've got this big coronavirus, this COVID-19 thing going on, and people still are refusing to wear their masks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about taking your rights away. It's not about making you do something you don't want to do. It's about protecting yourself. You know, there are people that are dying because of this coronavirus. There are people that are passing away from it. So, you know, it's not about taking your rights away. It's about protecting people. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's just crazy. I'll go to, to the grocery store, and I'll see 10 people, and five of them won't have masks on. It's just, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Now they're all talking about bringing kids back to school. How are you going to make a kid wear a mask? How are you going to make sure that the kids wear a mask? I mean, I I don't see how it's gonna happen. I just don't. That's just my shooting shot. It may have stuck tonight, but that's my shooting shot. All right. Well, that means I'm up next, and here it is. Mine is pro wrestling related, and here it is, guys. I've been trying to give away this T-shirt. It is a double XL John Cena Funko C Nation. T-shirt, and I'm just waiting for people to hit that like button, that share button, so that I can give it away to one of you guys. It is a 2X uh, T-shirt, and I've been sitting on this thing for about a month now. So somebody hit that share button, hit that like, hit the heart, so that I can send you this T-shirt. I mean, guys, you already know how much stuff costs. This is not the cheap quality. This is the good quality. So hit that like button, hit that share button. If you want this T-shirt 100% free, get off your ass and share this broadcast. That's my shooting shout for tonight. Mitch, why don't you close this out? Uh, my shooting shout is uh, going to be graphic related. I always try to be the better person. I want you to see your work that I do before you pay for it. And on two occasions so far, I've had people... Get the graphic done, absolutely fall in love with it, and then they're like, oh, sorry, I don't have money. Do you think you could send me the without the watermark, without the picture of it? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm sitting here taking time away from my family. You love the graphic. You get what you pay for. I mean, don't make me waste my time. Don't make Mitch Norton waste his time. Norton underscore graphics. Well, Mitch, an absolutely wonderful shoot and shout. And you know what? If you pay the man, 
as the newest members of the WrestleTalk family, man. Why don't you drop the info? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, Instagram and Twitter. Both are at Norton underscore graphics. Shoot me a message. Let's, let's get some work done. And uh, same thing. You need photography for your show, for, for anything, honestly. Uh, shoot, me, shoot me a message. That's all. Easy as mac and cheesy. Thank you very much for being here, Mitch. We will catch you down the road. Do not be a stranger. Grace and peace to you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Peace. Catch you next time. Adios. Oh, man. I told you this guy, Mitch Norton, was going to be an interesting and a highly entertaining interview. Did I deliver or did I deliver? You definitely delivered, sir. You definitely, definitely, definitely delivered, sir. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to get into this. uh, We're we're, going to take a two-minute break. If we come back, we're going to come back with the the FWWC segment. I'm warning you now and now, we've got a lot of callers for the FWWC segment. So just be prepared. uh, no, I'm prepared, and we're going to get through everybody because we're going to have a full 25 minutes. Well, uh, like more like 24 minutes, 23 minutes. But listen, can we please play a song that's not going to get us flagged? Please, maybe something from Vincanity or DVD or something where we have permission to play the music. Because I'm sick of these copyright stuff. Oh, wait, I should have probably done that for Shoot and Shout. Never mind, we'll be back in two minutes and 20 seconds for the second half of episode 307 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. With Joe and Renee. We'll catch y'all in just a minute. Check it out. If there's one thing I've always done, is that I've always remained to stay who I am. I am. Something you can definitely smoke to In my past, hope I did nothing to provoke you A northern cat going down her daisy dukes Rolling downtown with a really crazy crew One of a kind, running with dimes Living a hell of a life, mirror move Mr. Mom, copycats will eventually die Got a whole composure, I'm not looking for exposure I'm just trying to move this notion forward Keep exploring, I know you notice know Most of these rappers are boring Got me snoring, checking options, you know I ain't for it That's why they fear me when I hit the booth And start recording, they're looking nervous Looking like the regal couldn't afford it. I'm on a steal for my homies who ain't here. Asking God was there really a reason they had to disappear. Life works in mysterious ways. I'm just happy to be here still doing my thing. I am DVD. And I represent the SP. Up on the end or rising towards another level Wood pusher, no pedal, skate scum No Geppetto, a healer and a feeler Feeling like Hercules, Mercury's We can see that ain't nothing to me I take personal time to spit my life On these lines, don't give a fuck if you like it or not Where this bond, when I grab the mic And set it rocket to the early morn What we on, well it's no Yo, what up? Night Owl 
Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jokes, and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with our number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. And guess what? The phone lines are stacked. Intern Timmy, I believe we even have a caller that has not been identified yet. And I promise you, tonight's FWWC segment is going to be off the cheesy, far cheesy, homies. Because guess what? We've got members of Rise, Inferno, and Infinite all ready to come on and raise some hell. And boy, oh boy. Am I ready to hear them pop off? Here's what's really interesting, though. We're coming off of a huge weekend, FWWC Extreme Rules. Also, just a couple of weeks away, well, actually a month and a day away from one of our big five pay-per-views, FWWC SummerSlam. So I know the members of the FWWC are going to bring the heat. But oddly enough, I've been told that we have an individual that – under no circumstances is willing to wait in line, and I'm being told that per Mata, he must be brought on first, which already tells me that this whole segment is going to be a disaster. But you know what? Since it's been so long since we've heard from him, ladies and gentlemen, it is both an honor and a pleasure, and I say that very reluctantly, to welcome back to the show the one and only Sunny Money Mail. Well, thank you for taking my call here, Renee. But apparently, Martha didn't pass on the message to you. The name is Mafia Money Mayo. Now, next time I call on the Russell Talk podcast, I expect my name to have a proper introduction. Capiche? Okay, I'm here to speak my piece, and excuse me if I'm a little loud and a little vibrant here, but I'm beyond pissed off. I thought I squished this ant. I thought this was taken care of. I popped the trunk. I had the body in the bag, and I took it down to the river, but apparently it was the wrong fucking body. Excuse my language. But I've got this fly. I've got this piss ant. And for those who don't know who I'm talking about, he calls himself the Paisan of the FWWC. Big T. Big T, you're nothing but a pepperoni from Pizza Hut. That's about as Italian as you are, okay? I'm tired of your antics. I'm tired of your shit. And, and, and most of all, it's not just me, it's all the members of La Familia, okay? I was sitting here talking with my brother Mayhem, and he gave me a couple suggestions of how I should handle you. But I had to stop him and I had to tell him, look, I've got the ultimate way to do it. And I'm just giving you a sneak peek here 
on the FWWC segment of Russell Talk Podcast. But to everybody listening, everybody, including you, you Pizza Hut pepperoni, my message is going to come across to you loud and clear tonight. With that being said, Renee, Joe, courtesy of Mata and La Familia, thank you for letting me have this time on this segment to speak my piece and give that fair shot warning to that no good crumb bum scum Big T. Never drew a dime. Not a dime. Not a dime. I mean, come on, Intertini. How much is La Familia paying you to hit these drops at the perfect time? When we're doing the regular part of the show, like every other segment of the show, you always miss it. You hit the wrong music. But whenever La Familia comes in, all of a sudden, the, the, the drops get perfect. I, I just, I, I, don't, I can't make any sense of it. And honestly, we're only one caller in, and I'm already up to here. I am so sick in time. It doesn't sound to me at all. 
I seen it coming from a mile away, Art and Murphy. What's sad is that I wanted to get my hands on you again, but instead you let this wannabe luchador tap you out, beat you up, pin you. Oh, I, I mean, he, he's, he experimented with you. And five months down the drain? How pathetic. Well, let me tell you this, Arden Murphy. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Come SummerSlam, your father, El Diablo, will take care of Luchador once and for all. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was El Diablo of the Rise brand. And before we move on to the next caller, I, I see a lot of questions on the Facebook Live feed. Listen, guys, especially during the pandemic, it's very difficult, okay, very difficult to find quality entertainment. And the FWWC, that's the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, offers an opportunity to superstars, <coughs> I'm sorry, ring announcers, referees, who want to work on their skills, especially their mic skills, an opportunity to compete outside the squirt circle. It's a fantasy wrestling group, but don't compare us to your daddy's EFED because it's very different. We have real championships, real promos, real watch parties, real competition. It's not all written out by some administrator. We compete on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and on weekends by making picks against each other. And believe it or not, we have full-blown, full-size, real championships exclusive to the FWWC. We do this segment every single week. We give them their 10 or 15 minutes because guess what? For the most part, the talent from the FWWC is cutting better promos than about 60% of the indie talent that I've seen out in the world today. More information available to you over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. That said, let's move on to our next caller. And, uh, and I promise we're going to get through everybody today. Good evening, gentlemen. Marcus Mayhem is here to grace your lovely show tonight. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Yes, yes, yes. See, unfortunately, due to this stupid lockout because of Tank Westbrook, which I'll get to him in a second, Marcus Mayhem has been silent somewhat, but until now, now I get a chance to just let out everything I've been holding in, so I hope you guys are ready, hold on to your seats, because Marcus Mayhem is about to kill some people. Well, Mayhem, it sounds to me like you're suffering from cavity. bench right now. How come you don't want to address that? That's what I want to know, Mayhem, because it sounds to me like you're averting the facts. What are the facts again? I didn't I didn't catch that. You kinda kinda cut out on me. The what, facts what are, these are facts? that you can't compete you can't compete till Friday and it's killing you inside. You know what? It is killing me inside, but you know what? It gives me ample time to load up my ammo 
and get the fire and once the Infernal Brand is able to get back into action. And, you know, actually it's been kind of a soap opera. You know, I get to sit back. I get to watch Tank Westbrook, the the great GM of Infinite, trade away his one of his top superstars, Daniel Grimm, to rise. And then in the process, what did he get for his troubles? He losses out for a week. Oh, well, he loses two belts. So it's pretty much now it's it's the what the Titanic sinking over on Infinite, the Titanic or whatever is that what Susie likes to call it? He only has one champion, who is uh, what the hybrid television champion, as I've heard in uh, many circles. Might as well call it two hundred five live over on Infinite. He only got one title. So Swag, I'm sorry you're the lone shark over there on Infinite. But if you're ever feeling lonely, maybe Tank might trade you also. <laughs> well, you know what, Marcus Mayhem? I'm about sick and tired of you talking trash on people and people not getting an opportunity to respond. And tonight we're going to get through every single caller. So guess what, my friend? Guess what? Tank Westbrook is on the line. And I'm sure yes. he's got something to say about all that propaganda you were just spewing. Night out. How you doing there, buddy? Well, you can already hear, bro. I'm losing hair follicles by the second with these La Familia goons taking over my damn show every week. Oh, buddy, you need to go out, get some fine wine, and you'll be fine. You'll be good and golden to get rid of the headaches that you got coming to you from this. La Familia. Listen, man, you want to continue talking and say this and say that? Yes, I traded Daniel Grimm to rise. Yes, I did that. Yes, he took two of my titles. whoop de do. See, there's, there's always more and bigger and better things that I foresee. I locked your brand out for a good reason. See, when when somebody fires something at you, you do you think I'm going to just sit there and allow it to happen? No, it's called retaliation. So I fired back. See, at SummerSlam, we got the hardcore title, your hardcore title. That's going to be cross branded. See, that's one of the considered the one of the top three titles. That's going to be coming back to my brand. You have the Warriors Heart Championship, the top title in a cross-brand match at SummerSlam. That will be coming to my brand. See, nobody wants to sit there and think that Tank knows what's going on. Tank doesn't see the future. But you all are the ones that are dumb. You all are the ones that are stupid. You all are beneath me. Oh, Jesus, Tank. What what if I told you, Tank? Didn't I tell you the floor of your talk does not mean that you're more intimidating, Tank? Mayhem? You know better. I gave you your time. I gave you your time to speak. Now, sit this down, isn't your shut show. your mouth. You no, don't it don't matter. That. It might not be not, it might not be my show, but it's not your show either. So shut your mouth. Sit Who down. Who is going to fight speak. me? 
Who who are you gonna put against the great one, Marcus Mayhem, to take my heart for the title? Because all your good people are gone. You traded everyone away. Nobody wants to be on a sinking ship. Who dares step to me? KOB or KOD? I mean, he's probably busy oh, wow. trying to call send him the belt off. Wow. He's running out of DVD money. Continue running your, you know, mouth that's spewing hot shit it's out of truth. you, honestly. It's the truth. It's the truth. Marcus Mayhem is speaking the truth, Tink Tink. No, no. Your ship oh, is me, falling. Tink, tink. Oh, good job. Good job, because you got that nick. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to I'm gonna pause for just a moment because we have to restore order. Can we have a little decorum? Mayhem, please finish your statement. Stop interrupting so we can let Tank have his time because clearly you've had yours and then some. Why would I even want to do that? We all know Tank is going to take 15 minutes to get his sentence out because talking slower and breathing hard will make people Power before me and uh what uh duh duh you know stuff like that it doesn't work you're gonna waste half your show listening to him finish a sentence about how boring he is okay you know what mayhem I've had enough of you you know at first you came on and you had some strong points but then when you're losing an argument you immediately go to the insults Tank Westbrook please wrap this up. All I was going to say is my team, they say everybody thinks that my team's, you know, stinking. It's not. We are the forever brand. We will be there forever, and we will reign supreme. That's all I got to say because I'm tired of everybody talking trash about my brand. We have bigger and better things to do. That's all I'm going to say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Tank Westbrook, the general manager of the Infinite brand. And Mayhem, I understand that you had one final thought. Now that Tank is gone, please go ahead so we can move on already. You know, uh, what it comes down to is I'm pretty much just waiting on who's going to challenge me at SummerSlam for my hardcore championship. I've heard nobody from Rise. Okay, we're still determined anybody on Inferno wants a piece of me. Xavier Saint claimed he wanted a piece of me, but he got whooped up by my brother, the brick wall, James Buckus. So now he's out of the running. Like, who got the balls to challenge your boy over here? And so far, no one's been able to step up to the plate. And quite frankly, for as prestigious as a championship this is, this is disappointing. Come on, FWWC. Step up to the plate and come get this elf from Marcus Mayhem. I'm out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and only Marcus Mayhem your FWWC Hardcore Champion. Well, you know what, guys? We're far from done because we got about mm, about eight minutes before we bring on the Space Cowboy, which I know Nightmare Jones is extremely excited about. But we got to sit through the rest of these callers. And there's a guy that hails from Columbus Park in Kansas City, Missouri, that is incensed, pissed off, irritated, agitated, and flat-out ready to kick somebody's teeth in. He heard what Sonny Money Mayo had to say just a little bit ago to kick off the FWWC segment right here on episode 307 of the WrestleTalk podcast. And now he's decided to put down the vino, put out the cigar, and join us in this conversation. Big T, the pies on, the floor is yours. 
First and for, uh, foremost, Marcus Mayhem, I accept your challenge. Question is, do you have the balls to actually show up? I'll be there. As far as Sunny Money Mayo, it only took you three weeks to get back to me, son. So quite frankly, you're waiting in line for Big T now. It's true you're a soy boy. You run with a bunch of soy boys. And quite frankly, you got to put a deposit down to face me now, son. Well, Big T the Paisan, I have to say, I love the energy, but let me ask you this question. You, as a member of the Infinite Brand, have kind of gotten some retaliatory fire for some of the decisions that were made by your general manager concerning Daniel Grimm, the lockout of Inferno. From the inside looking out, how do you feel about that decision by your general manager? Do you stand behind him? I stand behind everything. Listen, I stand behind everything Tank Westbrook does and what he stands behind. So if he's with it, I'm with it. We both know that Big T's worried about Big T and focus on Big T. So before we cut this short, Sonny Money Mayo, don't wish what your ass can't cash. And Marcus Mayhem, challenge has been accepted, and I am coming to get that hardcore title. Your ass has to show up. Listen, Night Owl, it's always a pleasure. Much love to the FWWC. The Wrestle Talk Podcast. I'll see you boys shortly. You got it, ladies and gentlemen. The man that hails from Columbus Park, Big T the Paisano. Well, let's move on here because we've got just a couple of minutes left, about six and a half minutes left before Jason Jones, the space cowboy, the hardest working man in professional wrestling today. Don't act like you don't know. Up next, ladies and germs, we've talked a lot about Inferno tonight and lockout. And this is one of the few opportunities that they're going to have to voice their thoughts while during, while the lockout is in place up until 11.59 p.m. this coming Thursday. So it would be a complete catastrophe if we were not able to bring on the leader of FWWC Inferno brand. Ladies and germs, welcome back to the show, the one and only Hardcore Sis. Hey, Night Owl, how are you doing? Hi, Nightmare, how's it going? You know, I got to tell y'all something. It is so boring to sit on hold and listen to a blowhard like T. You know, I heard him say he accepted the challenge for the hardcore title. I don't believe I heard Tank say that they had made a decision yet, and I think he's running his mouth when maybe he ought to keep it shut. And as far as him backing Tank, Well, if he's the one backing you, Tank, I feel bad for you. I really do. You know, I could sit here all night and I could trash Tank Westbrook, but, you know, I'm not one of those that likes to kick a man when he's down. I'm really not, you know. And let's face it, we all know that Tank made an awful decision when he made that trade to lock my team out with no points because I had a box that gave us back our points. So it was a waste of a box. Sorry about your bad luck. And then if you think about the week we've been off, it's only enabled us to regroup, look at some of the cracks in our foundation and fix them up. We've pulled together as a team, and we're making plans for the future as a team. And when we come back from this lockout, we're going to come back, we're going to kick ass, take names, and show everybody why we were targeted. And it's because we are the best brand. We are the elite brand 
in the elite fantasy wrestling group. And that's all there is to it. We have the best talent. We are the best brand. And if we weren't a target, well, this only proves that we're a target. And we're a target because we are the best and we are the team to beat. And Tank Westbrook is just scrambling at this point. So, Tank, you enjoy it while you can, sweetheart, because I really feel bad for you, Tinky. You made a bad decision. But like I said, far be it for me to kick a man when he's down. Well, sis, I only have one question for you because we do want to bring on a couple more of your superstars before we get on to this cowboy, Jason Jones. And the question is this. There is a three-way tie. For round four of the FWWC brand battle, the question is, have you heard by any chance how this tie is going to be broken? Do you know or do you have any assumptions? Well, you know, if the past comes to be, then I would assume we're probably going to have a match. And it's probably going to be where we're going to put three people in a match and the one who wins is going to be the one who brings it home for their brand. Now, how we would decide a tie for the other two brands, either another match or who knows. But I'm sure, not Al, that you have the answers to all that, and I personally would love to hear what you have to say. Tag Team 
for ease. Gentlemen, you got a little bit over a minute before we have to bring on Jason Jones, so bring the heat and bring it now. You know, I thought this was Papa John because, you see, I was trying to place the order for 500 pizzas and send it to Tank Westbrook's house because, you know, let's say this guy is going to eat himself into extinction, okay? And that's what we want to do. If we can't kill him, let him kill himself, you know? I mean, that's how I feel about it. What what about you? That's how you feel about it too, right? Let him clog his arteries up. Who gives a shit, right? No, 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 no. Let me take I see, I had some plans, man, you see, but you see, big bad bully tank over here, you know, somebody just give this man all the power in the world, and what does he do with it? He wants to block out his competition, which is fine with me, you know, because we're okay, tank, we didn't die, as you can see, we're still here, so obviously your accomplishment is a big-ass failure, but you know what, it doesn't matter, right, because we got, what, a day, maybe? Just over a day? Yeah, something like that, right? What's another 24 yeah, well, I mean, hours, night hours? Thursday, huh? Thursday, 11.59, so you're getting close, Battle Cat, you're getting close. Well, what's a couple days, huh? huh? What's just over just over a couple days? Let me just add that in there, right? What's, what's another 48 hours, huh? I can still not go not beat much. up some people. I just can't legally do it, but I can still do it. I'm in hell. I just got out the pen, man. I just got out of the joint. I was incarcerated. But you know what? Who gives this shit, right? I don't. There you well, go. That's what I've been doing. With, that's, if you want to know what I've been doing my time, that's what I've been doing with my time. So, so, so you might want to thank Mr. Westbrook for that one. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, Battle Cat. You're not the only one that's on the line right now, and we do have to keep it brief because Jason Jones, the hardest working man in professional wrestling, is ready to come on and fire off some fastballs. But we do have to hear from your tag team partner, a man that resides and hails from Crystal Lake. Not Jason, but Mike Voorhees. Voorhees, are you there? I'm right here. And I put Tate Westbrook, which you did to the infernal brand. I'm coming for you. And just to let you know that it will be pain, bloodshed, and destruction when I come for you. How dare you think that you're going to stop a slasher? And that's for your new FWWC champion, El Luchador Listen. I got my eye on you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Voorhees, for those thoughts. And, guys, out of respect to every caller on the show, I want to make sure that we make time for everybody who's been sitting in hold for a long time. So for those of you who are excited for the Space Cowboy, give me about another 45 seconds, and I promise you we're going to be giving you the introduction to the hardest working man in professional wrestling. Last but not least, though, for the FWWC second, Remy, I hate to do this to you because I know you always got a lot to say. You always bring passion and energy to everything you do, but you're up against it, man. So why don't you jump right on in here and close out the FWWC second tonight? Well, I'm just going to close it out like this. At the end of the day, people continue to say what they want to say and do what they want to do because at the end of the day, 
Inferno's going to be where we've always been, and that's at the top when we got everybody else sucking high and get, getting all salty because things get said. But wasn't you supposed to be a big bad boss with these moves you made? You're not making boss moves. You're making bitch moves. That's all I got to say. Wow. <laughs> Mother-loving rich, ladies and gentlemen. Talk about closing out a segment with some fire. Folks, the one and only Remy Ricks. Incredible. Incredible work. And you know what? We already warned you guys. This show, sometimes it's PG, sometimes it's rated R. Tune in at your own risk. All that said, Nightmare Jones, let me bring you back in so we can put a nice little button on that segment, bro. You're a part of the Inferno brand as a member of the FWWC, also as my co-host here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I know it's been extremely hard on you, bro. Do you have any closing thoughts for your roster members or for anybody who's wondering what the hell the FWWC is even all about? Absolutely. You know, I, there, there is one thing that I wanted to to say. You know, Marcus Mayhem, you are my brother-in-law familiar, but see, you hold a title that is near and dear to Nightmare Jones' heart, a title that Nightmare Jones has never held, a title that Nightmare Jones <laughs> OOC brought in to the FWWC, and that is that hardcore title. And you said that nobody on Inferno has been challenging you. Nobody on Inferno has stepped up. But guess what, buddy? You asked, and now Nightmare Jones is stepping up. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get into that ring and take that hardcore title from you. Because, sir, you may be Marcus Mayhem, but you are not hardcore. Nightmare Jones is hardcore. Wow. Nightmare. Amazing. Just when I thought Remy Ricks closed this out with some fire, bro, you absolutely held up your end of the bargain. More information on the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. Now, I'm getting a lot of heat, and it's not the good kind of heat. Where the hell is the space cowboy? Why am I listening to all these clowns? Everybody, I'm going to tell you what I tell all my close friends. you got to relax because we're not going to cut into Jason's time. We're going to give you the full 30 minutes as long as he's available. So hang with us till about uh, 9.15, and we promise you by the time we're done, you're going to be thanking us. All that said, huge shout-out once again to I-70 Sports Media, uh, Rathbum Engraving, The Conspiracy Farm with Pat Milicich and Jay Hollywood, Esports Bar KC, Talking Dynasty, and, of course, Royal Mills Transportation, who is always taking care of all your local transportation needs here in the greater Kansas City area. And, by the way, Kincaid, DVD, they're back open at the Oak Park Ball in Kansas City. Make sure you give them some love and remind them that the WrestleTalk podcast sent you. All that said, intern Timmy, let's go ahead and cue up some music because it is time that we hear from the hardest working man in professional wrestling. This gentleman has been in the business since 1997. From Mid-South to Compound to World Class to uh, XWE to Traditional Championship Wrestling and beyond, Jason Jones has come to be known as the hardest working man in professional wrestling. 
I've had the pleasure of calling his matches. I've had the pleasure of meeting him behind the scenes. And I've even had the pleasure of introducing him as a ring announcer. So it is once again an honor and a pleasure to welcome in Jason Jones, not to the professional wrestling ring, but to episode 307 of the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Ray. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you the Space Cowboy, Jason Jones! I'm episode 307, right? Yes, sir. That means I'm about to job 306 episodes out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! That's what we like to hear. Now, now, Joe, I want to say this. Jason Jones was very particular about the snacks that we laid out for him in the green room. He said uh, green M&Ms only, double filtered water only, Jason Jones, I imagine this is the kind of treatment that you're receiving all over the professional wrestling world right now. Am I right? I don't know if it's what I'm. It's what I deserve anyway. Um, but I will tell you this. Speaking of deserving, you know, I was on hold for a few for a few minutes, and then you guys had the, the other people there, and, and I'm in here, and I'm live, and I did just watch your numbers quadruple the minute I went live because of my loyal fans tuning in. So I want to give a shout out to them tuning in and putting you guys on the map down this way. Whoa, ratings boost uh-huh. in the house tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, Jason, you have absolutely earned the following that you have. And also the moniker, the hardest working man in professional wrestling. I remember uh, you and I were doing an MEW show about a year and a half ago out in Osawatomie in the middle of a football field. And you came around before the show and you said, watch, you said, by the end of the show, everybody is going to know who Jason Jones is. And boom, that's exactly what happened, bro. Your bird table was popping off. And guess what? You're not the most athletic guy out there. You're definitely not the guy with the nicest hair. I can relate. But for some reason, <laughs> you resonated with this, these fans. I, I guess it would be almost unfair if I didn't ask you this question. What the hell are they putting down in the water in Arkansas, bro? Because people gravitate to you, whether they love you or they hate you, they want Man, I think I just attribute it to being brought in the right way in professional wrestling. I'm like one of the last of the dying breed of we were still brought in old school. You know, there's a mentality now that everybody is accepted and everybody is welcome in pro wrestling. That wasn't the case when I broke in. I mean, my first bump was them clotheslining the living piss out of me and knocking me down to see if I'd get back up to do it again. And so that hard-nosed style of being trained is a forgotten art form. And I still train guys today, and I train them the way that I broke in. Uh, you know, I train them hard-nosed. you got to be tough to be in this business. If not, everybody would do it. It's not ballet, and there still needs to be a line. There still needs to be those people on one side of the guardrail, and the other side of the guardrail needs to be the competitors on the inside. And I feel that way deep in my heart, whether that makes me a heel 
in real life or heel or not, uh, you know, in, in, in pro wrestling, I still believe that. I have a way of connecting with the audience, whether it's as a baby face, whether it's as a heel, because I've, you know, I mean, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but, be, be, you know, I've been doing this 20-plus years, and the one thing that I can attribute uh, is the hard work that I put in the ring is learning how to read a crowd, and that's a lot of stuff that guys don't know how to do this day. They go out there within mind to just do spot after spot after spot, whether the crowd is buying it or not. If you're feeding your babies food and they're in the high chair and you, you've got some peas, you got some Gerber peas, right, and you're feeding them and the baby's just spitting out every, every bite they take, do you keep feeding them freaking peas? No, man, switch to pears, switch to applesauce, switch to something that they like. And that's what too many workers don't know how to do. They don't know how to relate to a crowd. They don't know how to work a crowd, and they don't know how to play to a crowd, how to give them what they want and take away what they need. Sometimes what they want is not necessarily what they deserve. These guys go out here with these 21-point spots laid out when I'd much rather go out there and work a match. And that's what I was trained to do, and that's what I try to do to a lot of these guys that are up-and-comers is I try to lay out a match of let's go out there, follow my lead, and let's go. Let's, let's have this match. And it may not be the most athletic presentation, you know, or the most backflips, but I guarantee you it's going to be over one way or another. Well, there, there's no doubt about it, and I've seen you do that on multiple occasions for multiple promotions. Would you also attribute part of your success to your willingness to travel Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas? I mean, you're all over the freaking place. I think you've even gone down to Texas and beyond. Do you think kind of, you know, Uncle Bob, we have all uh, have a lot of tremendous amount of respect for Uncle Bob, Uncle Bob Evans, and he always says right. this, Jason, he always says, do the drives. Do you subscribe to that philosophy? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um you know, it's get out of your comfort zone and go somewhere and work. I've gotten more bookings. You know, for someone that has been doing this and been able to make a living in professional wrestling, I've never once sent out my picture, my resume, you know, looking for work. I've went places and worked, and a promoter saw me in some place or worked with a guy in the locker room like, hey, you're needing a Dusty Rhodes type guy, I've got your guy. You need a good old boy, I've got your guy. I saw him work. I worked with him in Louisiana. Uh, you need a good heel. You need a guy that needs a mouthpiece, you know. And I've just always got work on recommendations from going out there and making those drives and making towns and going all over the place. And sometimes, you know, guys get too complacent, those 50-milers of wrestling only 50 miles from their home and just doing that. I mean, what's the thrill of wrestling in front of the same people? And I know a hometown crowd is good to have, but those same people over right. and over and over, you're not getting to experience what the business was about and what it was laid out to be was to reach as many people as you can and make the biggest name that you can for yourself. And that happens by making towns and doing drives and, and going out of your comfort zone and going places. You never know what door's going to open up when you drive to New Jersey and you work a show, then the next show that – you know, somebody sees you and like, hey, come work for me in Pennsylvania. Doors start opening when you get out there, and if you know your craft and you're doing it right, make the drive. Put yourself in front of somebody new. Dude, that's great to hear and very encouraging. Even though we're dealing with the pandemic, I think the philosophy, it, uh, it stands true. If you're willing to go out and get yourself some exposure, some pretty incredible things can 
order of yours as well. But believe it or not, your name rings bells even on the East Coast because my co-host happens to reside in Martinsville, West Virginia, and even he has heard of the hardest working man in professional wrestling, <laughs> Jason Jones. Josie, why don't you jump in here with any questions or thoughts that you have for the Space Cowboy? Uh, absolutely. Thank you, uh, uh... Renee, those were some uh, um, amazing questions. So I guess that as I was going through the information that I had, the first thing I wanted to know is one of your moves is called the Flying Burrito. What the hell is the (laughs) Flying Burrito? It's actually a move that was stolen from Manny Fernandez that I watched when I was a kid. It's a flying forearm like Tito, reminiscent of like Tito Santana. Shawn Michaels does the same flying forearm. But Manny Fernandez used to do – the move that was a flying forearm, and they ended up calling it. I think Dusty Rhodes coined it the flying burrito, and uh, we liked it. And uh, I was like, hey, that's cool, man. I'm going to do that move. And I, I did the move, especially as a baby face, as a comeback. I did the move, and we okay. just always kind of monikered it, the flying burrito, after the Manny Fernandez move of the 80s of the NWA. Okay, yeah, you know, uh, I, I remember watching Tito Santana's matches uh, in the WWF, and uh, Bobby, the the brain heating, God rest his soul, every time he would do his form, he would call it the Flying bur- Burrito, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. So, I also... Which, uh, by the way, Joe, before you go on, I always have to do this. Manny Fernandez, also longtime member of the WrestleTalk family. Shout out to Manny Fernandez. We miss you, bro. Oh, we need to get we need to get the Raging Bull back on the show, man. Manny's a cool Absolutely. dude. Manny's a really cool dude. I fit, uh, two fisted beers with him in Las Vegas uh, many years ago, and he's a really cool dude. Awesome. Yeah, he is. Uh, Manny, Manny Fernandez is absolutely awesome. Um. I also see that you are part of a, uh, a a stable named the Space Age Heroes with uh, Aeronaut, Paul Puerto Rico, Gemini, Elijah Sparks, Gemini Blue, Gemini Red, and Super Mojo. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Space Age Heroes? Man, Space Age Heroes is a group there um, around Texas, Oklahoma, and I've worked with Paul Puerto Rico for years. Uh, in the late 90s, we crossed each other's paths quite a bit because we were two young guys and still an old guy's business at the time. And uh, he used to wrestle under the name Tarantula. And Paul is a great talent. I've always had, We've always had the utmost respect for each other. And when they put together the Ryder Cup Tag Team Tournament this last year, we just thought it was a natural fit. You know, Space Age and Space Cowboy might as well let's team up. And we went out there and we had a blast. Uh, we made it through, I think, three matches. We made it to the semifinals of the tournament, and um, we did get a compliment from Bull Schmidt and Trevor Murdoch were there watching our match, uh, watching our matches, and they came to the back and they told us that we had the match of the night. So that was a big compliment, and he said that uh, Trevor told us he said that was a main event match any town across the U.S. and that was a great compliment to get from Trevor. I've worked with Trevor a lot. And Bull Schmidt, I mean, they used to be WLW Tag Team Champions years ago. I have a tremendous amount of respect for both of them. For, so for them to come to the back and tell us that the psychology was there in our match, the physicality, we gave them just about enough. They could tell we called the match and we got the compliment we got. That was uh, that was something great. So I've always clicked well with them. But, yeah, Space Age is a, 
is a great group over there. You guys can follow them, and um, mostly in the Oklahoma area, Tulsa, Oklahoma City. They wrestle for Wrestling for a Cause quite a bit in Tulsa that I do, and it's a charity that raises money for children that are diagnosed with cancer, and all the funds go to them. So uh, great group of guys, great talented guys. There's some up-and-comers on there. So, yeah, nothing but good things coming from them. Awesome. That is absolutely yeah, that is absolutely awesome. So, you know, Jason, you you you're a wrestler, you've done announcing, you've been the commissioner, you've been a uh, a promoter, and you also have been doing uh you also were, were doing podcasts as well and, and I saw that one of the guys that you interviewed uh was also a person that has been on the, the WrestleTalk podcast, and that is beautiful Bobby Eaton. What was it like to interview beautiful Bobby? Oh, man, I go a lot more than interview. Bobby used to come, and I would uh, we would go out on the road, and Bobby would stay with me for about a week at a time. And wow. um, we, would make, we would make towns. We'd go over all Oklahoma. You know, Bobby is one of the guys that I looked up to when I was a kid, even though I knew he was a quote-unquote bad guy. I always thought there was something about his style that I loved. And Bobby, I, I almost say I would have him watch my matches, and I would have him critique it, and I would say, don't blow smoke. I want to make this good. If you guys are diehard Midnight Express fans, Bobby Eaton has a right uppercut that he throws and is one of the – best-looking punches in pro wrestling. And if you watch the match where he wins the television title from Arn Anderson, Arn puts it over like crazy in like the first two minutes of the match. Well, I had a couple seminars that I did with Bobby in my gym that I brought some of my guys in. They got the chance to train with him. And Bobby and I spent three hours one night just me trying to learn that uppercut and perfect it the way he does because it was only so snappy, so poppy, and to the point where he's like, you can do that. And he's like, you got it, man. You got it, Stace. So uh, Bobby and I have torn the roads up together. Um, we worked a lot together in traditional championship wrestling for CCW. Uh, he was one of the agents there. So I watched the way he watched matches, and I really took the psychology part. I stole so many things when I tag-teamed with Jake Boulder and we were the old school express. I stole so many things from the Midnight Express whether it was to give the other team that was the baby face or the heel, the moves. And we got to the back one day in Harrison. We had had a tag team match, and we did an arm ringer spot. And Bobby goes, man, that was, that was real good. That's my Bobby impression. Hey, Space, that's real good, man. Uh, man, you did that arm ringer spot. Where'd you, where'd you learn that at? And I said, I stole that from you. And he goes, oh, oh, did you? And I said, yeah, man. We stole that from watching the Midnight Express. And I said, where did you learn it? And he goes, I don't know. We probably stole it from somebody else, too, so. That's a cool little Bobby Eaton story. He's one of the coolest dudes to be around. And the moniker that he gets, you know, is the nicest guy in professional wrestling. He truly is anybody that's ever met or worked with Bobby Eaton will tell you he gives a shirt off his back. He's one of the coolest dudes. And I can't say enough nice stuff about Bobby Eaton. My students have to watch hours and hours of Midnight Express matches and Bobby Eaton matches. And he's just absolutely and one of the most underrated guys of all time. Wow. That is awesome to be able to uh, travel with uh, with the Bobby Eaton. You know, he was was one of these guys that when he wrestled, uh, you know, it, it was a time when when they hit you with your finisher, they were you you were done. When when Bobby Eaton hit Absolutely. you, 
with that Alabama jam, you were done. You didn't kick out of it. I mean, <laughs> uh, it seems like like wrestling today is is nothing but you know false finish, false finish, false finish. You know, you know you you'll see somebody hit a finishing move five times before they finally pin them, and I'm like. Man, can't we just go back to the days where you hit one finishing move <laughs> and the pushing's done? I mean... <laughs> well, I guarantee you, I hit you with my finish, you're staying down. How about that? I hit you with my finish, you're staying down, and you're not kicking out because it's a shoot when I'm out there. There you I think, go. Uh, I, think, I think Night Owl can tell you, when I, get, when I get, pardon my language, if I get pissed off at ringside, everybody gets called into play. I don't care if you're ringing the bell, if you're mm. announcing my match or whatever... If you're in the way, that's incidental at that point. I think uh, so, last time I turned your table over in Pittsburgh, Kansas, didn't I, buddy? Yes, you did. <laughs> and guess what? My microphone survived it. Thank goodness. So, so basically what you are saying is that, that if you're at a show and you're at ringside, it's not a good idea for a fan to try to uh, 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 jump into the uh, ring because they're not going to have a very fun time. No, because I'm going to do just what I was trained to do by, by those guys that worked in the business in the 70s and <laughs> 60s. I'm going to stop beating my opponent. I'm going to beat the living piss out of you. I'm going to dump you ringside. I'll probably finish the job, and they'll haul you out on a stretcher. And then I'm going to go back in the ring, and I'm going to finish what I started with my opponent. Man, that's, you step in that ring, there's nobody that should be in that wrestling ring unless you're a trained professional. And right? if you step in my ring... You step in my ring, you step into my business, and you try to do the craft that I've perfected for 22 years, I'm going to knock you out and I'm going to put you in your place. And if you don't think this fat boy can fight, tell you what, I won the toughest man in Kansas City contest back in 2005. I've ran a boxing gym, and if you want to test me, you know, you're one of those guys that wants to come up to me at a bar and you want to pick a fight because I'm one of those quote-unquote fake wrestlers, try me. I'm not afraid to knock you out, dude. I and I swear to God, you know, if my right one don't get you, my left one will. Mmm. See, Renee, you know, you, we bring on people like Cahagas, and you know, Nightmare Jones isn't afraid of Cahagas, but you know, somebody like like Jason Jones, I don't want to piss Jason Jones off. He might beat me up. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and you know what? I'm sure Jason Jones is familiar with Cahagas. And even he would say that that is a very, very bad mistake. But whatever. I'll let you get your ass whooped by Cahagas. I don't care. We'll probably put it on World Star or something like that. I'm okay with it, Joe. Dude, just go ahead and Cahagas is one bad mamma jamma. Dude, Cahagas <laughs> is, is one of the toughest dudes in the ring. I have nothing but respect for him and his career. And, uh, geez, I wouldn't mess with him. If you got an opportunity to mess with him, you're, you're making a big mistake, dude.
1521. You get past the screener, you come on, you ask your question, share your thoughts. Hey, if you're just a fan and you want to say some nice things about the Space Cowboy, you're more than welcome to. And if you want to come on and give him some heat, like he said, he's ready to throw them hands. He's not afraid of you, mother. Oh, never mind. We'll leave that out for today. But he's not afraid. So if you want to go ahead and join us, uh, go ahead and dial that number again, 657 383 But you know what? I have a couple of more questions. And one of them is about kind of what's going on right now, Jason, the adaptability of a professional wrestler, the flexibility of a professional wrestler, I think is always key in longevity. During the lockdown, you and a couple of your your, your coworkers, your colleagues, have put together an amazing promotion that I think is worth mentioning, and it is called Viral Pro. My buddy Josh is doing all the editing. My buddy Craig is the one that's kind of in charge of running it. And you're also a huge part of it, man. Can you talk to us a little about about your role in Viral Pro Wrestling? Uh, Viral Pro is a great promotion that that we film in an undisclosed location, and it features some of the top talent around. And uh, for you guys that haven't checked it out, give it a like on Facebook. ViralWrestling.com is the website. First of all, we started it, and it was available on Patreon, and then we realized that Patreon had a certain stigma about it, you know, maybe some too many adult entertainers, this or that. So we made it available uh, where you could purchase it on the website, viralwrestling.com. You could watch it on YouTube, and they would send you a link to it. And it's so great to work with some of that talent in a closed-set studio with wrestling, with great storylines, great video production, great commentary, great everything. We had a couple of cinematic matches at the end of the season with, like, Magnificent Malico and Chandler Hopkins. And Miles Plonke had a match with uh, Miranda Gordy, a, a wine cellar match. And they were filmed in a cinematic way, but a believable a believable fight, and they were very entertaining. And there's some top-notch talent. There's also some young bloods coming up through there. I know a lot of my students have made the drive to the viral studios and filmed, and we're actually starting season two really, really soon. And uh, I'll have details more about that as soon as it's out, you know, when we film them and we, and we do put them in the can. But it allows the fans to interact uh, with us, and there's a, a, a great – there's a great thing there. There's a great thing. It gave us a creative outlet during this lockdown, not just athletically and physically, but it gave us a great creative uh, mindset. We could keep storylines going. We could appear. We could do things. We could still socialize with our friends that we're used to being on the road with. So viral is nothing but I'll put my stamp of approval all over it. So if you guys get a chance, uh, there's a couple of virals out there. It's the one with the COVID logo on it that has, like, the little virus itself. It's kind of pink and blue, but right. it's viralwrestling.com. And hopefully we'll put the link up on this so if you guys do want to check it out. And you can subscribe by the episode, or you can buy, like, a season pass, pay for the month. But, listen, it starts as low as, I think, $7. And that goes to help pay for the filming, the production, and give some talent maybe a little supplemental income once all the bills are paid. We're all in a collective group, and we're, you know, helps us put a little money in our gas tank. So we appreciate anybody that can support. Now, did you say that was viralwrestling.com or viralprowrestling.com? I believe it's viralwrestling.com. 
Okay, and we just dropped that in the comment section for you guys. Make sure you hit it and make sure you find them on social media platforms and give them a follow. Well, Jason, there's one thing that's for sure. I mean, we've had the likes of Tracy Smothers on the show. Uh, we've had the likes of John Arezzi, uh, Kenny Bolin, and the list goes. I mean, Hank Hudson was even on the show uh, not too long ago, also author John Cosper. And, and one of the things that I enjoy, and there's a lot of our listeners that are like, oh, bring on the new talent. We want to hear from the Punishment Martinez's, and we want to hear from the Brian Pillman's, and we're going to give you some of that as well. But what I like is the bets and some of the stories. I know you hinted to one earlier, uh, you know, when you said uh, something about uh, Manny. Uh, I'm curious, is there a story, it doesn't even have to be PG, bro, we're internet radio, you can cut loose, so don't be afraid. Is there any stories from the road from your 20-plus year in-ring career that you would be willing to share with the members of the Rest of Talk family tonight? Um, man, there's not. There's some that, well, I mean, there is, but, I mean, there's some that aren't so much PG. Um, and that's okay. The best time. That's okay. We don't need PG. Cut loose, brother. <laughs> Oh, by the way, shout out to Herb Simmons. Shout out to Herb Simmons for tuning in right now. We love you, brother. Salute. Go ahead, Jason. One of the coolest road stories that I heard from the next day is I was working with Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton, and we were working a legend show in Kentucky, and I was managing Bobby Eaton at the time. And Bobby and Ricky had been on the road together for like a week and a half. And anybody that knows Ricky Morton, he's always – over the top, and a lot of people say he exaggerates, you know, like, oh, my God, man, they were swinging from the rafters. Oh, my Lord, there was a 1,000 people out there. You know, there would be five or 600 people or whatever. So Bobby said that he had been on the road with Ricky for a while, and he had heard him, you know, he was like, man, I'm done with him exaggerating. And Ricky came in from using the phone or something outside, and he's like, hey, Bobby, man, I bet there's a 1,000 cats outside. And Bobby's like, you know what, BS, I'm going to call it. Bobby gets up, throws his shoes on, he goes outside, and he goes, Space, I ain't lying you. There was 2,000 damn cats outside. I guess they had this flood, and this flood, this uh, creek bed washed this levee up, and all these cats were hanging outside because of the storm they had, and it washed up. So he's like, that's the last time I call Ricky Morton on anything or call BS on anything because the time, the only time that he ever called Ricky Morton on is over-exaggerating was the one time it blew up in his face and there was actually twice as many cats as Ricky Morton said there was. So <laughs> that's a pretty good story. But they told me this, and I was just – Ricky was just absolutely rolling when they told me this, and uh, we just thought that was the funniest damn story in the world. All right, Renee, you have to tell your Ricky Morton story. <laughs> Go ahead, Renee. Okay, I'll tell my – I'll tell my Ricky Morton story, and by the way, I had to. Um, we had some technical difficulties here on my end, but I want to say this. Ricky Morton, I've had the pleasure of calling uh, some of his matches, but without a shadow of a doubt, the memory that sticks out in my mind most of all is the story that happened with our former host of the WrestleTalk podcast, the one and only Rick Rose, who, by the way, was featured on CNN two weeks ago. Why was he featured on CNN two weeks ago? Well, Rick was a two-time veteran who died just a couple of weeks ago on July 4th from COVID-19. And he had made a couple of statements before passing away about how stupid the masks were. He thought it was ridiculous. Nobody was going to take his 
his rights away. And since passing away, he's been the topic of many conversations. Many people have tried to make an example out of him. And kudos, and I tip my cap to CNN for actually putting some respect on his name. But what I remember Rick the most for is for being one of the originators of the Rest of Talk podcast. We will forever be grateful to him for helping us start this show. But there was a time, Jason, where him and I were actually at a pro wrestling show together. And it was at Metro Pro Wrestling. Uh, shout out uh, to the legendary Chris Goff. Uh, Metro Pro, one of the best promotions I've ever had the opportunity to visit. Well, this uh, event featured Ricky Morton. And Ricky Morton uh, was absolutely killing it inside the ring, as you would expect, Jason. Why wouldn't he? He's been doing it for 40 years. Well, as he was doing his thing and hyping up the crowd, everyone was loving it. He had 300-plus people on their feet going, rock and roll, rock and roll. Well, I guess at some point throughout the match, he had a, maybe a minor slip-up, right? It was very minor. Most of the fans didn't even notice it. Well, my buddy Rick Rose, who happened to be sitting, sitting directly behind me, decided that he wanted to crack some he, he wanted to crack some old guy jokes at Ricky Morton. And guess what? The savvy old vet didn't miss a beat. Because as soon as Rick said what he said, Ricky Morton stopped what he was doing, looked over at Rick Rose, and he said, no matter where I go, there's always a piece of shit like you in the crowd. <laughs> Dude, That's great. everybody that was sitting next to Rick Rose backed up as if the man was having some sort of convulsion. Everybody's like, whoa! They backed up, and Ricky Morton went right back to having his match, kicked ass, won, and everyone loved him for it. But man, oh man, right. is that a moment that I will never forget. And when you said earlier on, and I'm going to tie this all back together, I was they call it a callback in comedy. When you said there's people that belong on one side of the barricade, and then there's us that belong on the inside part of the barricade. When the fans try to take over the show, I think it's wrong and it's unnecessary. But I do love to see when the talent inside the ring, when it's, when it's warranted, when they put the fans back in their place. And for that reason, I will never, ever stop appreciating Ricky Martin, dude. The guy handled Absolutely. it. He shut it down, and Rick didn't have nothing to say from that moment forward. He was quiet the rest of the show. It was <laughs> freaking incredible, Jason. You know, that's just it. There's a, there's a meme out, like, on social media, and it says some of y'all need to realize that saying what you want, you never got popped in the nose for it, and it shows. So if you're, if you're there – and you're dishing something out, be prepared to take it back, especially me. I understand that's part of the show is, you know, booing the bad guy, cheering the good guy, whatever. You say something to me, I promise you, you're going to get it back. And I've been doing this, and I've been dealing with smart asses, you know, four and five nights a week for 20-plus years. I guarantee you I'm going to be right back up in your grill as quick as I can with something else. It's probably going to sting a little bit more. And I'm probably going to turn the other 400 people in the crowd against you and call you out for being that heckler. But that's just me, and that's the way I was taught. That's the way I was brought in. Uh, that's just that. Um, you know, we were putting over viral wrestling. You know, a lot of my talent that I do work with, and, of course, we, we've ran – we promote shows that we've had to, to postpone and everything because of this COVID touching on that your friend. I hate, I hate for your loss for your friend there. Um, yeah. One thing that one thing that we've done is try to keep our fans engaged. One thing that we've done is we've done 
some online Facebook auctions that we've done uh, where some of our private memorabilia, some of the Mistake. stuff that – Yeah, Dude, you're killing it with that. Yeah, and yeah, we, huge we've, um, sure, and we've done these live auctions, and it allows us to kind of interact with our fans and just let them know that, hey, man, I appreciate you logging on and buying that magazine that was once in my private collection, and you paid 10 or 15 bucks for it, but that helps us keep our lights on. You know, I run a gym, and, you know, just because everybody else gets to shut down during COVID – you know, I don't have – I didn't have students coming in. I've still got rent to pay. i still got a light bill to pay and everything else. So we've had a great group of fans that support us and that have logged on and bought our T-shirts or helped us out with an auction here or there. So uh, if if I can say anything, and it's not just for me, but if you do have that, that wrestler that you like and you want to support them during this time, remember, we're not being able to go make those towns. We're not being able to go and pick up that extra merch money to pay our bills. So, man, if they've got a if they got a pro wrestling T-shirt and you've got an extra 30 bucks in your pocket, go buy a T-shirt from them. It helps them out. Give them a couple bucks, man. It might be the couple bucks that they need to get their kids something during this summertime, you know. Um, so if I can, I'll throw a plug in for my stuff, but I also want to, also want to give a shout-out. You know, Viral Pro, all those wrestlers – if you get a chance, you got a little extra scratch in your pocket, you see them, you know, hey, they got a new T-shirt out, man, go support those guys. And I promise you it will be very much appreciated from, you know, from them. And uh, SpaceCowboyWrestling.com is my website. One word, SpaceCowboyWrestling.com. Or uh, our Mid-States fans can check out MSWTickets.com. It's got our DVDs on there. It's got the hats. It's got our T-shirts. It's got some really cool stuff. And if you will mention in the comments, if you order anything from me, I will refund your shipping. I'll give you free shipping if you buy anything on there. So you're saving that. And our shipping costs are usually pretty low, but I'll go ahead and I'll put you a check in there and refund you for all your shipping costs if you buy anything. And that's just um, just a shout-out to for you guys tuning in the Wrestle Talk and that you guys got it here. But remember, SpaceCowboyWrestling.com or mswtickets.com. Just mention that. You can even just put in the comments, hey, I heard you on WrestleTalk. I'll refund your shipping, okay? Wow. Dude, you really – you can't really beat that, Joe. It really doesn't get any better than that. And it's so funny. I listened to you tell that story, too, and uh, it makes me remember. You talked about MLW just a while ago, and uh, Derek Stone, uh, who was here with us for episode 300. What a, a great episode that was. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen in, make sure you go back over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com and listen. I think you'll appreciate this, Jason. Derek Stone uh, always has a response for the fans uh, when they give him a hard time. And one of the things that I remember is our buddy Sonny, who uh, was on the show a little bit earlier today, uh, he, he loves going and harassing and giving Derek Stone a hard time. And they've got this thing where they go back and forth where he goes, Derek Stone, you suck. And without missing a beat, Jason, Derek Stone always responds the same. And his response is, you swallow. <laughs> wow. Derek is, I can't say enough stuff, great stuff about Derek. I've known Derek for many, many years. And he is a tremendous talent. He's one of those last of the dying breed. He's a tough guy. If you don't believe that he's real, try him. I promise you, man. I have nothing but respect and great things to say about Derek Stone. Derek Stone has trained some of the best talent that the Midwest has right now. 
and he's left his mark. If Derek Stone were to walk away from pro wrestling right now, he would still be remembered for the great people that he's trained and the mark that he's left on this business in the Midwest area. So kudos to kudos to him. I can't say enough stuff, great stuff about Derek Stone. No doubt about it. Well, last question before we get into the, tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. I'm going to kind of steal a, a play out of Joe's playbook, and, and I think this is the question that people are dying to know. How in the world did you come up with such a catchy alias, the Space Cowboy? Everybody loves saying it. Everybody loves hearing it. So once and for all, clear the air. How did you come up with the nickname, the Space Cowboy? Well, here's the thing. I've been asked this question a lot. I've given a lot of dodgy answers just to kind of keep the gimmick alive. But when I first broke into the business uh, in the late 90s, I, my name is Jason Jones. That's my shoot name. And the promoter that I worked for was an old guy, and he was like, oh, you're Double J. Well, I didn't want to be Double J because there was Jeff Jarrett that was already Double J. But that's what he right. called me. And he, when I was ring announcing and everything, he just, Double J, Double J, that's what he called me. And I was like, I don't want to be Double J. I mean, like, because people think I'm ripping off Jeff Jarrett. But when your promoter that breaks you in says, you're Double J, by God, you're Double J. You're not going to buck. I mean, yep. Who am I to buck that. So, <laughs> so when he kind of, you know, leaves and goes out of the area, we're uh, a couple of my buddies were starting. We've got a little kind of faction going on, and it was, it was um, Christopher Vincent and Pentite Kevin Love Jones. That's no longer with us, and they had a gimmick, and they he was Pentite, and the other one they called Gilligan because he was a smaller guy and he wore a little skipper hat out. And we were kind of a heel faction, and I would manage them, and we would do, you know, like tag matches and stuff together. And I was like, so we're going to Kansas. We're doing a double shot in Kansas. And I want to say it was a Coffeeville one night, and then I don't know where the next one was, but we're driving. And we're driving, and I see a sign pop up, and it says Looking Good Incorporated. And it was like a beauty, a beauty salon in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, my God, that's our tag team name, man. That is just great. We're looking good incorporated. <laughs> and uh, so he said, you know, Pimpside said, I'm the gangster of love. And Chris is like, only if I'm Maurice. And he did the little, woo, woo. And he looks at me, and he's like, well, <laughs> Kevin looks at me, and he's like, well, that makes you the space cowboy. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I like that name. And he's like, it could always be worse. And, I mean, literally within 15 seconds of that, we're listening to a radio station in the middle of Podunk, Kansas. Steve Miller, the Space Cowboy, came on, Joker. And with those opening lines, some people called me the Space Cowboy. They both looked at me at the same time when I was driving, and they were like, it's a sign from God. So the the next show – I, I said today the Double J character that you guys have known for a couple of years is dead, and I said I'll forever be known as the Space Cowboy Jason Jones, and that was it. It's a weird story, I know, but a lot of people have made fun of me over the years, like, oh, you're from outer space and this and that, and I'm like, dude, take it for what it is. It's a cool moniker, so, you know. So I encourage you to log on to SpaceCowboyWrestling.com and buy a Space Cowboy shirt. <laughs> That's right. That's right, folks. And there's a reason why we don't sell T-shirts. I've been asked that a million times. Renee, give us a Russell Talk shirt. We love the owl. We love the logo. Guess what? 
That's what the guys that we're trying to promote and support sell. We sell mugs. They sell shirts. Go out to uh, um, um, Jason Jones' Facebook page or uh, Space Cowboy Wrestling.com or, or, or whatever. Just go out and support whatever independent local talent or promotion is in your area. I think Jason would absolutely stand behind that. And so would Herb Simmons, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. You actually got a shout-out from Herb Simmons, Space Cowboy, and it reads, Space Cowboy is one of the old-school shooters. What a great career. Man, that's got to be another feather in your cap. How do you feel about that? Oh, man, any compliment that you get from Herb Simmons, golly, man, that's so great. And I'm being able to work with Herb right now. We're over there in Jackson, Tennessee, doing Memphis TV right now. Herb is the acting commissioner, and I'm doing a lot of the ringside interviews. So it's great because, I mean, on a daily basis, and we're doing the the TV taping. So like a Lance Russell-type capacity, and Herb is the Eddie Marlin character that we're bringing out there, and I'm interviewing him, and I'm interviewing Jerry Lawler at ringside. So it's like I'm a big Lance Russell fan, so it means a lot to me, and there's not a lot of scripted promos. It's going out there, and you roll out of the match. Hey, tell me about your match coming up with, you know, so-and-so. And Herb uh, puts on a great product up in Illinois. I see Herb and get to hang out with him at Cauliflower Alley every year in Vegas. And he's getting an award this year, and it's been postponed, and that sucks because I want Herb to have his moment in the moment in the sun, and he's going to get it. But to get a compliment from Herb Simmons like that really means a lot. So thank you very much, Herb. No doubt about it. Well, you know what, Jason? This interview has been fun. It's been informative, and it's been cordial. And you know what? I'm sick and tired of it. I'm ready for a little competition. So here it is. Your first visit on the WrestleTalk podcast, what I would like to believe is one of the most prestigious professional wrestling podcasts in the Midwest. I, the Night Owl, that's a Night Owl with a K, Brandon Gomez. Get it right. Night Owl versus the Space Cowboy in tonight's edition of the WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge. It's a little bit of a trivia game. The question is, Space huh? Cowboy, are you ready to strap up the boots and put those uh, those those infamous hand and wrist uh, ties on, right, that tape, which, by the way, you and I did an interview in Pittsburgh behind the curtain, and I asked you what that was all about. If you guys want to hear that interview with Jason Jones, make sure you visit our uh, WrestleTalk podcast Facebook page, because I spent about three minutes with Jason Jones behind the scenes, and he told us exactly what all the stuff on his hand wraps mean. We're not going to give it away right now. Go visit us on our Facebook page, look on videos, and find the interview with Jason Jones, and trust me, it'll be worth your time. But enough of all that. Jason Jones, are you game to step inside the square circle with the night out tonight and a little bit of a trivia challenge? Hmm? Dude, dude, if you're waiting on me, you're backing up. I've already got my fist taped up, and I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Whoa! <laughs> take it easy, my friend. <laughs> This guy is ready to go. I'm ready. Let's go. Nightmare Jones, you know what to do. Let's get into tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Welcome 
to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three balls. Our contestants are the Night Owl Renee Martinez and the Space Cowboy Jason Jones. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. So in honor of tonight's guest, all Wrestle Talk Podcast game show challenge category is taking a trip to Space Mountain. I will give you information about three professional wrestlers who were all defeated by the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the NWA slash WCW World Heavyweight Championship. When you think you know what the answer is, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will be tonight's uh, the winner of tonight's contest. So, for example, if I were to say on May 6, 1984, Ric Flair lost the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to this late 2009 Harley WWE. Ha- Harley nope, not, not Harley Dusty Rhodes. It's not Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he lost it to, to the uh, to this WWE Hall of Famer at the first World Class Championship Wrestling Parade of Champions. Kerry Von Erich would be correct, so you would have gotten the point. So now that you understand how things are going to go. Are you gentlemen ready? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. Let's do it, baby. All right. You are counting for Question the three-second delay I have, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. Hedging your bet, ball. Jason Jones. Nothing new with Jason Jones. Hedging his bet. I already see it, and I'm ready for you. That's right. All right. Bring it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> here is the first ball. Ric Flair defeated... This late w, this late 2007 WWE Hall of Famer in Kansas in September 1981 to win his first NWA Harley Race. Nope, it's not Holy Race. The rivalry oh, went on to feature Bob Orton. It's not Bob Orton. This the the rivalry went on to feature this wrestler fighting against Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen for years, even today. The legacy of this... Nope, it's not Sting. This wrestler is still going strong through his sons, both competing in all elite wrestling. Did you say 81? Yes, 1981. That's the information I have, but you would be... Yep, you would be correct. Dusty Rhodes is the correct answer. So... Jason Jones has gotten the first fall. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the second fall. All right, on February 20th, 1989, Ric Flair lost the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to this 2009 WWE Hall of Famer. There are a series of three matches for the NWA World Ricky Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is correct. Jason Jones got that answer first. He is taking oh, the second fall. So, shit. ladies and gentlemen, he has already won, but for shits and giggles, we're going to go ahead and do the third fall to see if Renee gets uh, smoked. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, did you just say for shits and giggles? Is that what you just said? Yes. 
Wow, Nightmare Jones. I see how it is, bro. You're trying to set me up for an embarrassing moment. And, and you know what? I would love to tell you how I feel about it, but I think there's another WWE Hall of Famer who can sum, up, sum it up a little bit better than I can. Fucking bullshit! rivalry with Ric Flair for many years. After wrestling No. After wrestling Flair to a time limit draw as the first NWA Clash of Champions, many people figure that this 2016 WWE Sting is correct. The Night Owl, ladies and gentlemen, because of this you do have uh, a music show, so here is your music, Jason. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Even all the way in West Virginia, I could see Jason Jones's hands going up when it says. <laughs> Just like the end Jason. of every match, man. My hand getting raised in victory, baby. Right. And like, and like at the end of every trivia challenge, I'm laying on my back looking up at the lights. Jeez, freaking Louise. Next time, Joe, instead of making the topic about Space Mountain, why don't we do something that I'm familiar with, like tacos or 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 or, uh, or diabetes or back pain, okay? One of those things, I would be ready to... <laughs> How about well, beer? Can, can you do one about beer? I think I can do one about beer, but I think Jason Jones may also be an expert on that subject. I'm not a beginner by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, Jason... We have reached the conclusion of episode 307 of the Wrestle Talk podcast, man. Before you go, we got two things we got to ask you. Uh, number one, please tell us all about mid states, viral, anything else you have going on. And number two, man, allow us, myself, the Night Owl, the Night Owl, that's with a K, and Nightmare Jones to welcome you in as the newest members of the Wrestle Talk family, man. Go ahead and fire off your stuff. Cool deal. You guys check out ViralWrestling.com. It's a great group of guys doing a great product you guys can watch right from the comfort of your phone, from your TV, whatever. ViralWrestling.com. Also, we have our next event is Saturday, August 22nd in Springfield, Missouri. That's for Mid-States Wrestling. That is MSWTickets.com. And don't forget, right now, if you log on to SpaceCowboyWrestling.com, and you buy any T-shirt, any DVD, any hat, any of that good stuff, you can log on for my Facebook as well and hit shop now. Mention the Wrestle Talk podcast, and I will refund your shipping costs. Go ahead and check out normal, and I'll send you a check, personalized check from me that you might just want to frame and hang up. So SpaceCowboyWrestling.com, <laughs> log on, buy a T-shirt. I've got small sizes all the way up to big guys. I've got T-shirts going up to 4 and 5XL, and if you don't see what you like, just message me on Facebook. I'll make sure that it's taken care of and we get it out for you. So I appreciate you guys having me on here, man. And uh, we'll post a link for our website. If you guys can post a link for our website in the uh, comments, 
I would appreciate if you guys can log on, buy a shirt. We've got not just my stuff. We've got Mid-States Wrestling on there. We've also got the Make Wrestling Great Again shirt, and I've got the Support Independent Wrestling T-shirts as well. So message us. We'll get you one of those shirts. We'll get them sent out and help us pay some bills. And uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on as well. Man, thank you so much. Joe, any closing thoughts for the Space Cowboy? Oh, man, it, it was an awesome time having you you here. It, it, it was even better seeing you sweep, Renee, knowing that last week I got swept. Oh, shut and he up. Didn't oh, seem, shut up. He didn't seem to care that I got Sick swept. Shit. But it was... It was <laughs> It was absolutely awesome having you here, and uh, don't be a stranger. You're welcome anytime, sir. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Well, always an All honor right. and a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 307 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. A huge shout-out to the Space Cowboy, uh, uh, to Craig Heatsman. Uh, to everybody over at Viral Pro, our boy Josh, who does all the editing and filming, we love you. To all the young talent. Uh, that is spending their time over there getting honed by some of the best wrestlers in the area that have been doing it for a very, very long time. Shout out to Miranda Gordy. There's a really awesome thing out on her right now. Uh, It's called the Evolution of Miranda Gordy or something like that. Make sure you guys check that out. Shout out Nas Plunkett. We didn't get a chance to talk about this, but XWE uh, is also not a place where myself and both the the Space Cowboys had an opportunity to work. So huge shout out to Billy Simmons and everybody over at XWE. Last but not least, guys, uh, we cannot do this without every single last member of the WrestleTalk family. Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you uh, to our first-hour guest, Mitchell Norton. That's uh, Mitch Norton on Facebook. Also, Norton underscore graphics on Instagram. Guys, we are supporting everybody from your old-school pro wrestlers like the Space Cowboy, to graphic designers, referees, and ring announcers like myself and Nightmare Jones. The WrestleTalk Podcast is all about spreading positivity and highlighting how awesome professional wrestling continues to be. Because as a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend about this, Joe, and we'll go ahead and close it out. If it wasn't for professional wrestling and the WrestleTalk Podcast continuing through the pandemic, I'm at a loss my freaking mind by now. Straight up. No lie, 100% shoot, dude. We love you guys. We thank you. And we will catch you guys next week right here for 308 of the WrestleTalk Podcast, 24-7 for you and your friends at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Grace and peace to everybody. Have a great night. Adios. That's it. Oh, by the way, the winner of the t-shirt, none other than the man that has been here from the very first moment of tonight's show, John Hoff. It's yours, baby. Go ahead and DM us your address, and we'll get this thing out to you before the end of the week. Shout out to our boy, yeah. John Hoff, for being here. We love you, bro. Thank you All so right. much. Make sure y'all share this podcast. Hey, baby. Baby, I'm gon' hit a stride Hitting numbers like some dice I hit it like I'm at you looking nice That pussy be on point so I'm precise You help me find my way about a maze You be shining like the moon in sun rays You make me wanna pray in church on Sunday We count
up and call it for play. We gon' take the world and make it spin. Every day we fall in love again. I could be Clyde, you could be Bonnie. You got that bomb, girl, you can bomb me. 